Alright guys, welcome to episode 27 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we are going to talk about our favorite mobile games, our favorite food groups, and the recent election. But first, wait, what? what's today? It's uh, November 19th, Okay, so, so yeah. that means if, wait, so so in, in three days? Mm-hmm. That'll be 10 years since. Can we get much higher? So That's right. 10 fucking years <laughs> since the best yeah. album in the fucking world came out. And mm-hmm. fuck mm-hmm. all those topics we were talking about earlier. This is all we're talking about, baby. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. You know, we said, you know, when as it got closer to the actual day, the tenth anniversary, that we were gonna try and release a big long episode about the album. Um, and so here we are. It's it's been ten years. And you'll hear it again, um, <laughs> as you so eloquently put it. I think a couple episodes ago, it's like mm-hmm. we we've heard you talk about this album before, and mm-hmm. you'll hear it again. And I'm sure we're going to bring it up, you know, same topic, same discussion points we've had in the past, but now it's all going to be in one concrete episode. Right. So whenever in your mind you're like, what did they think about the best album to ever grace God's green earth? You'll come to episode 27 every fucking time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, you can come back every year when it's 11, 12, 13, 14, and so on. Exactly. Um, so so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about this album. Um, we're gonna talk about, you know, how it came around, um, how we felt when the album came out, uh, we're gonna talk about how we feel about it now, we're gonna go through a track by fucking track, no stops, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, who Kanye is now, and, and why yeah. it makes me sad. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and start with mm-hmm. the quick history of how it came to be. Yeah, so if you remember, in 2009, um, he had his VMA thing. Well, even before that, so in 2008, um, I believe he broke up his, his, his um, engagement with his fiancée, and then his mother passed away. Um, and she was a huge influence in his life, and so he took that very hard, and the loss of you know both his actual mom and then his relationship led to 808s, 808s and heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, he started dating Amber Rose, Right. And I think he he said he he had some he had had some drinking problems or he had some substance abuse problems. No way. Um, <laughs> Kanye West that showed up to the VMAs with a bottle, I think Hennessy, mm-hmm. uh, fucking, and, and interrupted it, the whole fucking show. You think he had drinking problems? Yeah, and it all culminated on that night in 2009, where he interrupted Taylor Swift when she won album of the or uh, best music video of the year, uh, which was right. Because that music video for Single Ladies is better. He was right, but nobody ever says that. Right. But anyway. Here's the thing. He's right. He didn't have to be such a dickhead about it, but he was right. <laughs> yeah. He was just drunk, and then he was like, you know, and he does the shrug, and then that's immortalized forever. Um, and then eventually kind of breaking both of their brains forever. But anyway, that's another topic for another discussion for another to- uh, for another day. Um, and so then he, you know, he goes into recluse. You know, the, Obama calls him a jackass. He's like public enemy number also one. Also fair. Obama uh, calling him a jackass. Here's the deal. I love Kanye West. Calling him a jackass. Probably fair. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it's par for the course. And so he, uh, he you know, he, he goes into a reclusive state. He goes to Hawaii and just hangs out there. And then he eventually starts to work on a new album. And mm-hmm. a new album that he sort of, uh, it, it, it's the most, 
it's the greatest distillation right off the bat of his sort of CEO of hip hop um, type of work, especially, you know, where he just brings in everybody and everybody brings it into the melting pot. There's no J. Cole shit here. No, no, no features. Yeah. But it's also not <laughs> like fucking J- DJ Khaled, where it's just 20 features per song. It's like a perfect mix of both his uh, point of view and his voice and his tone with everybody else's. So he brings everybody to Hawaii. They record this album. Um, and in, in, in a way, it's a perfect mixture of the four albums that came before it. In that there's uh, soul samples. There is the, the stadium sound from Graduation, which we talked about. There's the orchestral sound from um, Late Registration. And then there's the sort of uh, techno synthy um, dark pop sound of 808. So it's sort of he brought all of them together to make this I guess I guess fourteen track or thirteen track song album, um, and then it was released uh, in November of uh, of uh, twenty ten. But before that, he released a bunch of songs that some of them were included in the album, some of them weren't. Um, called Good Fridays. So every Friday leading up to the album, he would release a new song, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a few of them were on there. I think Power was one of them. Eventually, a remix was one of them. Um, I think Devil in a New Dress was a part of it. And then along with another, a bunch of other ones that we have discussed in this podcast before. Right. Um, and so the album comes out to near universal acclaim. Um, right. And that's kind of where it all started. Right. And, and one thing I do want to touch on that you mentioned um, is that, it, you know, you said this album's like really like a culmination. Like it, it really pulls everything he had done up to this point together. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you weren't getting any late registration tracks on 808s. You weren't getting any college dropout tracks on graduates. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. every single one of his albums, except for... You could maybe convince me that college dropout and late registration, there are songs that could overlap. But mm-hmm. but up until this point, like, other than those two, graduation is extremely distinct in its sound. And it will sound like graduation. It, mm-hmm. If you... If you wiped my brain of all lyrics and beats, but I still had the idea of what each album felt like or sounded like, I could still pick out a graduation song. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that one's graduation. And then fucking 808s would come on and be like, that's an 808s and Heartbreak song. And, and you know, maybe, the, like I said, the first two albums would get a little difficult to differentiate. And even if you look at past this album, like, Yeezus, you mm-hmm. can 100% tell a Yeezus song when it comes on. Yes. So, but, but one thing I think is important important also is that like really even through like just the sound feel lyrics uh, of this album you can you get that you get that story like like you you feel the transitions throughout the the album that like like you said you you have the intense well i don't want to get too much into because we're gonna talk about it later in the album but like mm-hmm. you you feel like I feel like I can pinpoint where things change in the album and, and where it kind of reflects on his life and, mm-hmm. and, and what things have happened. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I mean, so it, that's one thing that's always like really struck me about this in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when it, uh, when it first came out, like what were your first impressions? When did you first hear it? Like what, what was that discovery? Like, I think I, so, all right. And this is, this is, it's hard to say. I didn't really look this up because it's how I feel about it. Like, you know, memory is infinitely fallible. Like, your memory will betray you at any given moment. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like you said he, like, became a recluse and was in Hawaii and, like, putting this together. But, like, I don't feel like 
there was news that he was putting it together. Like, like when he mm-hmm. went to Wyoming, everyone was like, oh, Drake went up to Wyoming. Oh, Travis Scott's in Wyoming. Oh, mm-hmm. Kid Cudi's mm-hmm. in Wyoming. And so you're like, oh, he's definitely making an album. But like this, I don't remember, I feel like up until very close to when it was coming out, being like, Kanye has an album? He's been working on it? Like, like I remember being shocked that there yes. was an album coming out. And then I, I think I heard, or, or maybe some of the names were shown of who was going to be on it and who participated. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be next level. And then it came out, and it was everything I had hoped for. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I, I remember instantly loving like everything on, on, on the app. Al- the thing is, is this album to me is the epitome of like, deep cuts are the best. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Monster is what it is, obviously. You know what I mean? Uh, power is what it is. Which, now that I think about it, those were singles. So, obviously, there was more knowledge about this album before it came out than I knew. But, mm-hmm. either way, <laughs> like, you know, Power is what it is. Uh, Monster is what it is. But, like, every song on this album, Runaway, every song on this album, like, has a place. And, like is is great you know what i mean like we talked about how you know drake has never made like in my opinion like the classic album or if he has it's only take care Mm -hmm. right like there are jay-z has a bunch of duds in every album like every this has no duds every deep cut is a deep Mm -hmm. cut worth banging at some point and you know there are so many of these deep cuts that like if somebody I know hasn't heard this album or hasn't heard a particular song, I'm like, nah, this one, this one, this one. And they're never like, if someone's like, give me four songs to listen to for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I don't know that I'm going to put the rate, like the radio singles on there. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe like maybe monster, you know what I mean? Maybe all of the lights, but like everyone has a distinct feel and and it nails what it's trying to do so perfectly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it's it, it sort of, I mean, we'll get into it later in terms of the ones that I think are like, eh, they're just like pretty good. But even then it's like, um, it's kind of like how a shitty Spielberg movie is like the best movie of another director, right? Right. Um. So, so yeah, so like, um, that I feel the exact same way. Um, but my first impressions, um, I think I, I listened to some of the Good Friday ones first. Mm-hmm. And before this album, like I knew, like I liked Kanye West. I was like, yeah, you know, you know the, you know the sort of the really popular songs like Stronger and all those. And you know, I right. always thought he was a good artist, but I was never like a huge fan. Like I wasn't like, oh my gosh. And so then this album comes out, or like the the early Good Friday ones come out, and I'm like, this sounds really good. Like I really like how this sounds. And then finally the album comes out, and around this time, I I don't even know how I got the album. Like I don't, I I remember right. one day I just I had it on like a mixed like a, a burned CD. Right? So, mine's the same way. And, and like, I don't remember being a, a humongous Kanye West fan before this. But, like, mm-hmm. if you if you look at his earlier albums, it's like, well, yeah, I remember Jesus Walks, and it was a banger. Yeah. And I remember Gold Digger, and it was a banger. And Touch the Sky was a banger. And Stronger was a banger. And Amazing mm-hmm. was a banger. <laughs> like, yeah, and so even, like, Heartless. Big, like, even yeah. Heartless, I think, was, like, number one in the country for a while. <clears throat> so, it's like... I was I never would have been like I'm a Kanye stan like you know in high school but yeah. then like I somehow ended up with this album and I think that's kind of part of why I felt like there wasn't much lead up to this album 
Because, like, I don't remember... I remember feeling antsy for a second when I, like, heard about it. But that might have even been, like, right after it came out. And I heard about it and ended up with it on, like like you said, like a burn CD. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, like you said, like, I wasn't the biggest Kanye fan at that point. I mean, I liked all the songs of his that were big. But, yep. like, I was not, like, oh, I'm feeding for that new Kanye release. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. I feel the, yep, the same way, yeah. And so I just had the album. Like, I don't even know how I got it. I think, I'm, I'm sure somebody downloaded it for me and burned it for me. And then, like, but I don't, I don't have a memory of getting it. I just, like, have always had it from that, from, like, senior year. And so I fucking, like, just like that. I was like, I love every single one. I fucking had my my, my Ford Explorer. I was blasting that shit with the shitty uh, <laughs> speakers that came with it. And then I remember um, burning a copy for every single fucking person I knew. And just giving them away. I was that like, is the correct thing to do. I was like... <laughs> I told like, my friend Travis, I was like, here, dude, listen to this album. Like, fucking friends, I was like, look, it's this, it's this new album that just came out, listen to it. I literally gave it to everybody who I can think of. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, so that's sort of a first impression from then on. You know, I was like, I know this album frontwards and backwards, inside and out. Um, and then ever since then, my appreciation for it has, uh, I feel like it's still the same way. Like, I feel the same way toward it where like, I can listen to it any day of the week. And I'm like, this, I mean like this is still like the peak of the peak. And while my opinion of Kanye has changed dramatically, like, dramatically <laughs> Dramatic. like, 180 <laughs> from what it was back then, it's still, the album still remains this sort of, um, this thing frozen in, uh, you know, captured in Ember where like, I'll always be able to go back to it and be like, wow, like this, like this was the shit. That's, I think I've brought it up before in the podcast, but it's like, I have in my mind been like, the life of Pablo is where it all starts going wrong. And like, the life of mm. Pablo is okay. Like, like it's it's not one of his great albums. There's no, no, too no. many duds. Um, too many duds. And then also like, the, the, he, it's sort of where the scatterbrain comes in. Where like, right. you'll have like a great beat for like two minutes and you'll switch it up for some reason. Yeah. And, and, it, like, and it, it just like everything kind of like. Nothing feels cohesive in that album is the best way I can play it. That, that sounds like a random playlist that got put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, like, if we say, like, I can take some things from that album. Everything after that, don't give a fuck about. Everything before that is, like, in my wheelhouse. Like, mm-hmm. like that's how... It's funny because, like, recently... Sorry. So, before... Because <laughs> we were about to jump to uh, the how do we reconcile this in Kanye now. Um, but, like... You know, if we're, sorry, so if we're talking about how appreciation has changed since, it's that mm-hmm. I can still look at this album and say it is, in my opinion, the clear winner for the best album I've heard in my lifetime. Um, doesn't matter. I mean, I, gen- I basically only listen to rap, hip hop, but mm-hmm. like I've listened to other albums and like it's not really my thing, but also like nothing has ever done for me what this album has done for me um in, in terms of like feel like I, like you said i can listen to anything on this album at any time of the day and and, and it feels like it fits right in mm-hmm. like like power is this like crazy earth shattering like you know what i mean like it's just like mm-hmm. magnitudes of just like hype and like it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If that song comes on, it just feels right. Like I, I can just be sitting and then like, I, I can be sitting in my car on my 40 minute, 45 minute drive home. And if that song comes on, I'll feel like I'm ready to fucking like, <laughs> kick it up to a hundred miles an hour and just fuck it. Like go ape shit in my car. 
It doesn't matter. And, and so, like, my appreciation, much like you said, has really been the same. Um, I I thought it was one of the best things I ever heard when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it has so, since solidified that by, like, the easiness with which I go back to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like, you know, some albums I feel like you look back at and you're like, that was really good, but then it, it it's not quite the same in terms of... Um, Sort of how you appreciate it, or you appreciate it for nostalgia reasons, like like for example, like uh, Hybrid Theory from Lincoln Park, which I've talked about here before. You know, I loved that album as a kid, like for genuine, like I love this music reasons. Right. And now I listen to it and I love it, but it's not. I, I wouldn't say like, oh, this music's great. I mean, I think it, yeah. I think it is great music. I mean, you don't sell ten million copies, you know, right. being bad music. But I, I think in my heart, I appreciate the nostalgia of it, or like what it meant to me then. I'm like, that, that was really good. I love that music and I love it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this album, I feel like I love it now for the same reasons I would love something like, um, I don't know, what was my favorite album last year? Like Igor or Sweetener right. or if somebody Future came, Nostalgia. If someone like, hit I love the these... whole world with one of the fucking Men in Black flashes, right, for just that mm-hmm. album, if that album dropped today, it would still be a banger. <laughs> like, it hasn't yeah, aged mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and so, like, and and I feel the exact same way where it's like it it feels new it feels as new as it was ten years ago. Um, the sound has not aged, which I mean I know ten years isn't that much, and I feel like music more than movies or anything else sort of doesn't age as much or as quickly mm-hmm. as something like TV or literature or, or movies. Um, but it still feels new. It feels like kind of like um, it feels like um, I forget who said I. I forget where I saw it this week, but, um, you know, B.O.B. by uh, Outkast. Yeah. They said, you know, it feels, you know, it came out 20 years ago, but it feels like it's still from 20 years into the future. Like, that's how futuristic it sounds. And I feel like that's this album, like, all the way through. Absolutely. So I'm looking at, like, the best songs of 2010, like the the hot, like the 2010 Billboard year-end charts. Yeah. Love the Way You Lie, an Eminem song. Just the Way You Are, Bruno Mars. Nothing on You, B.O.B., that's a good one. They are OMG by Usher, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> airplanes. Mm. Like, all of these, even, like, even Nothing on You, which is, is, like, good, still doesn't feel like it would be relevant today to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would feel out of place based on everything else that, like, is on the radio. And this wouldn't. You know what right. I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that's, a, again, a testament to that, like, this was so well done. It's it's the most airtight an album has ever been for me. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So do you want to go through it and just give our thoughts? Yeah, so we'll go through it. Um, absolutely. So you want to start with, obviously, Dark Fantasy, right? Yes. The very first song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it starts off, you know, Dark Fantasy. Um, everybody's heard, you know, can we get much higher? As you heard earlier in this episode. Right. And then it starts off with the Nikki um reading i think it's like um an english uh fairy tale or something or it was a rural doll book i think mm-hmm. um and then of course the rest of the song is amazing right this is one of the best first tracks on an album period <laughs> like mm-hmm. and here's the deal mm-hmm. i could probably go through this album and be like this is the best fourth track on an album ever this is the best fifth track on an album ever <laughs> like exactly but yep. this really is it's so grand and then also like new and still like good it's like 
I feel like beginning songs and albums are either usually super safe or um, almost like a swing and miss. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like you're either trying to do way too much or you're, you're just like, just going to play it safe and start this one with one that everyone's going to be okay with. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, this comes in blowing your fucking brains out and then like is like nah but we're still good you know what i mean like you hear like you said a rolled doll quote or whatever like a, a fairy tale quote mm. um a choir uh and then we just get just actual fucking bars <laughs> like yes and it's like they get like the uh you know i fantasize about this back in chicago mercy mercy me that mercy alago um and then it just and yeah. all of it's so good like i it all flows so well. His flow on the song is impeccable, which is going to be the case in all of these. Mm-hmm. The, the the lyrics are 100% there for almost every one of these songs. Um, there's so many quotable lines in every song, but specifically this one. I think this one has more quotable lines to me than just about any other song on this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what am I, which one am I thinking about? Uh say broke Spanish, me no hablo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you say broken Spanish. We know hablo. Um, God, it's it, all of it's good. Um, God, what was it? I remember. I remember at one point I was going when I was going to UNCG. Um, my plan was to be a high school teacher, um, and, and I was going to be an English teacher. And like in my head, like from the moment I I thought I would would go to school to be a teacher, I was like. Mm-hmm. You know how teachers have like all these like the stupid like posters on their yeah. on their walls. Yeah. I was going to have the lines that start from uh, "Hey teacher, teacher, tell me how do you respond to students and refresh the page and restart the memory, respark the soul and rebuild the energy." Like mm-hmm. I, that. That was like, I don't know why. I was like, that's like the perfect fucking line for that. You know what I mean? Like that shit just sounds inspirational when he says it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we, what we can do with you know throughout these is also give like our favorite moment or favorite line, right? Um, so I mean I don't have a favorite that's, moment. That's my favorite like moment in that song is that little breakdown. Mm. I would say my favorite line is the um, it's not as deep, but it's the oh. too many urkels on your team. That's why your wins low. Yo, that shit is so bars every that's so time. Good. Every time I like someone loses it something, I'm like, mm. it's too many Urkels on your team. That's why you win slow. And it's, I mean, it's really, I wonder who wrote it. There's a, there's a bunch of people who wrote it. Mike Dean, who he uh, often works with, Jeff Basker, Kanye West wrote it. So I wonder who came up with that line. And I wonder if they were like, oh shit. And, and what's funny is like, there's always so many writing credits on, mm. on all Kanye songs. And so, like, you know, up until this point, up until, like, I had heard this particular quote that I'm about to say, but, like, I'd always just kind of imagine that Kanye's just the voice, and, like, but he's also the composer. Like, maybe he doesn't, you know, come up with every line, but, like, you know, he, he knows, like, whose advice to take, what yeah. what to do as a producer, how it should sound, what works, what won't. Um, but then I, rem- I actually recently saw a video with, uh, I want to say it's Sai Hi to Prince, um, but he was talking about getting writing credits um, from Kanye. And he was like, Kanye is the most generous with his writing credits of anybody I've come across. He was like, if you walk into the studio wearing Mm -hmm. an all white outfit, 
and he mm-hmm. sees that all white outfit and it makes him think of a line. If he uses that line, he'll give you the writing credit. He was like, I, I can't remember what the example was, but he's like, he wore a certain pair of shoes and then mm-hmm. Kanye was like, saw the shoes, did the line, gave him a writing credit because he's the one that helped <laughs> Kanye like come up with the yeah. line by wearing the shoes. Now, probably white. some of that's propaganda, probably. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. obviously can't like come out and be like, nah, Kanye's an asshole. Um, but, like, also considering the amount of writing credits that are on every single fucking song, I have to imagine there's a little bit of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Like, even you the can... smallest input is like, all right, fine. Like, here's your name. Here's your credit on the assignment. Like, this was a group project. Here we go. Exactly. Which is, I mean, you know, it means that they get money for it. Right. Um, yeah, so this one, um, yeah, so Dark Fantasy, produced by, you know, uh, West, No ID, The RZA, uh, Mike Dean, and uh, Jeff Basker, who I mentioned a little bit before. So that, that that's with the producer on. And I think Kanye West is the producer on all of these, except for one, and we'll get to that one later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has a team, of course, helping him out, especially Mike Dean. Yeah. Also, I forgot, the <laughs> one of my other favorite lines, and it's almost just because... It's referenced in one other song, and the other reference in the song is absolutely fucking hilarious. Do you know where I'm going to this? Uh, but no. Says, you ain't got no fucking Yeezy in your song. You ain't got no Yeezy? It's so like oh, every yeah. time I think of Rella by Tyler Creator, it's like, <laughs> you ain't got no <laughs> fucking Yeezy? Probably got some fucking Jaquan, but you ain't got no fucking Yeezy? <laughs> so every time that line yeah. happens, I immediately think of that other one. Mm. It's just that, God, in the video, he's like, Five feet from the camera in the Tyler Creator video, and just yelling. He's like, "You probably got some fucking Jaquan. You ain't got no Yeezy." <laughs> it kills me every time. But yeah, that song again. I think one of the best opening songs ever. Um, so that's that's all I have on that one. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Dark Fantasy, and then track number two is Gorgeous, featuring Raekwon and Kid Cudi. Right, and Kid Cudi, this. This is like the most like Kid Cudi put a stamp on another person's song for me. I don't know what it is. His chorus is just fucking perfect. Mm. Everything works with his just fucking, if you blow this, you bogus. Like, it just fucking, it's perfect. His voice yeah. is an instrument more than any other artist's voice is an instrument to me. Mm. Yeah, and I think and this is, I think, his best song lyrically. Um, I think this is like his best he's ever sounded in terms of his his lines his bars um i think he it's not one of my favorites just because it's like a very it's just very lyrical Mm -hmm. um and i I know how people have it like as their favorite song off of this album um i don't i you know i just i like it a lot but i don't um love it like that um this one's definitely up there for me this is easily top three on the album for me I think top oh, three or interesting, top four. Interesting. Yeah, see, that's what I meant. Like, I think some people really, really love it. Um, but I personally am, like, it's probably in the bottom half for me. Okay. Um, um, so, so any moments in this song that particularly stick out? Yes, yes. So not a moment, but a line for this one again. Uh, you know, He says, I caught, got caught with 30 rocks. The cop looked like Alec Baldwin. Uh, inner city, inter- intercentry t- anthems based off inner city tantrums. Based off the way it was branded, face it, drum, get more time than Brandon. Yeah, face it, Jerome, get more time than Brandon. I think that's everyone's. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, spitting facts. Like, like, Yes. And I love the Alec Baldwin line because at that time I loved 30 Rock. So I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that that one. Here's the thing. I didn't even watch 30 Rock at the time. That one didn't really hit me right till later. Like, mm-hmm. like when 30 Rock was playing, like, on reruns all the time, I was like, mm-hmm. like, I literally, I think I was watching 30 Rock. I don't even think I heard the line. I just think at one point I was like, oh. 
Got caught with 30 rocks. The cop looked like Alec Baldwin. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so perfect. Um, And and the thing is, like you said, it is by far the most lyrical. Well, maybe not by far. But it's definitely up there with his most lyrical version of, you know, him rapping. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's just all great. Um, Raekwon comes in. Raekwon's great. Um, Raekwon's voice is so distinct. All of Wu-Tang is so distinct. But, like, Mm -hmm. also Raekwon, just like everyone else. Like, the song feels different once he gets on there to me. Like, it, it becomes a different song, but it's still solid. And it's yes. funny because the and beat it slows down, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it slows down a little bit, but it's not like substantially different. It's not like sicko yeah. mode where the whole fucking thing changes. Oh, right, you right, know right. I mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, like, in all of it works. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't really have anything else for it. Yeah, um, yeah we, Wikipedia says it's a, a, bluesy, a bluesy, rock-driven song that's about social injustice and sexual exploitation um, and social disillusionment. Um, and I, I think that's so true. I think it's his most, like it, it's, how can I say? I mean, it, it's his as... least showy song, a song on an album that's full of showy songs. Right. But it, the thing is, is, is while it is not super showy, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think the whole time to me, this song has always felt like, like, Fuck you! Like I'm the best, and I'm not getting credit. Like that—that that to me feels like what this song has always felt like to me from him, and, and that kind of goes with the disillusionment thing. You know what I mean? Like he has the line, like "What's a black beetle anyway? A fucking roach." And so, like mm-hmm. obviously at that point, he's like, I- "I'm just as good as the Beatles, and I'm not getting the respect. You're treating right. me like I'm a roach." You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, and I think a lot of this comes from you have three straight albums of nothing but just greatness, right? College dropout, mm-hmm. late registration, graduation. Um, and then the 808s and Heartbreak is in there. That That's not really my thing, but I know what it, it's good for what it is. And, and, but then, like, the VMAs happen, and, like, everyone's shitting on him. You know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. rightfully so, but still, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, he's, it's not like he's... First of all, he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't wrong about what he was up there talking about. Right, it's just how he did it. Right, it's just how he did it. And then also, like, he still is, I know South Park made fun of him for this. He's like, what did you say? He's like, I'm the voice of a generation. Or like, 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 he says Mm -hmm. something like that in all of his, like, episodes where South Park has put him in there. But that's legitimately how I feel. I feel like his tone, his, his sound is so specifically him. And this whole song to me feels like, or at least near the end. It sounds like he's like like I I'm not getting my just desserts. You know what I mean? Right. I guess that's why they got me sitting in fucking coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just the whole thing to me. Like you said, it, it's there is the stuff you mentioned earlier, but the, the disillusionment is always what hit me the hardest. Um, right. To me. No. No. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, so next up is Power. So this was the first single off of the track. And I, I think it was first used in the, um, well, not first used, but it was used prominently in the first trailer for The Social Network. Oh, okay, uh, that's right. Either the teaser or the theatrical one. I forget which one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Power, produced by uh, S1, West, Basker, Mike Dean, and Andrew Dawson. Um, so this one to- uses that... Uh, 20 uh, was it 21st century schizoid man and then it yeah. just repeats over and over and over yeah so that is 
this one is nuts. You know what I mean? Like this one. Mm-hmm. All right. First of all, I don't know if you remember anything about the video for this song. And I don't think it was the full song. I think the video that they played on air wasn't the full song. It was only like yes. a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And this shit. It's funny because like. The visuals match the audio, right? The mm-hmm. visuals mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. with the with with like what you're hearing as far as in terms of like grandiose you know what i mean just proclamations all that yes this shit was the just fucking catnip for like illuminati conspiracy theorists bro <laughs> they were like he's wearing an owl chain there's a pyramid behind him there's also egyptian imagery like, like like people were losing their fucking minds telling me like how he was in the illuminati starting the new world order when this fucking video came out do you remember that at all yes yeah yeah because the music video is like a super close up of uh West's face, and then it slowly zooms out, and then you see that it's like a Renaissance painting with like these Greek columns and eagles, and, and the, I think the sort of Democles is over his head, and then there's like uh, fighters and women, and then it just keeps zooming out and out, and it just goes more and more back, and it's like he, he's like an ancient Rome mixed with like the future, right? And like people were like, "Oh, this is the fucking end of the world. This is this is the fucking Illuminati. Like the, everything's coming." And the thing is, it's like. It was funny because every time someone said that, I'd be like, everybody that was ever one of those conspiracy theorists, I was like, you're fucking ridiculous. But on <laughs> top of that, I was like, this music does sound like that. Like, mm-hmm. like, this music does sound like someone who thinks they're an all-powerful being like that can change the, like, shapeshift the fucking uh, political, you know what I mean? Like, change the whole landscape of the universe. Like, that's what it's made to sound yeah. like to me. And the name of the no. song is fucking Power. So obviously that's the point he's trying to get across. Uh-huh. And uh, I feel like this is the one that the first of the three that sounds the most like graduation sounds. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like Absolutely. sort of like big arena. Like like I always wanted, I always love listening to this one like as loud as hell. Just like fucking just bumping in your, you can feel it in your chest. This one to me is if, all right, so this is like completely not my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but... I don't know if you remember. Do you remember what the very first single off Watch the Throne was? Uh, Ham. Yes. So, Ham was, again, this, like, just giant fucking loud screaming orchestra fucking choir. People losing their shit. This, to me, sounds like if Graduation and Ham had a baby. Like, Mm -hmm. like it has all the levels of, like, grandioseness and then also, like, all the kind of, like, standard, like, Graduation had that stadium sound, which is just like, it's hard to explain. It's, um, it's like, uh, it's like electric, it's almost rock, uh, in its, in its, uh, use of, of, of synths and, and pops, but it's also forces the lyrics to be sparse so that, you know, you can hear everything as you're screaming along to it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's what this song does. I think it mixes what you hear in Ham. What's funny is my no, like I loved Ham when it came out, and mm-hmm. I remember being surprised when the rest of Watchstone came out because it didn't sound quite like it. Like yeah, and Ham also I don't even think was on the actual album. I think it was on the deluxe. It was on the deluxe. I, I don't think people really liked it. I like the Lex Luger stuff. I I think I, that fits well with like Waka Flocka, and it fit fit well with what they were going for for that song. But some people hated it. Yeah, and, and I remember Jay Z was even. There was a quote I read where Jay-Z was talking about it, and he was like, you know, we just kind of went away from that. He was like, 
Because that's not some shit you want screaming through your house or in your car and someone comes walking by. And I was like, wrong. I absolutely want that screaming through my fucking house because I had it screaming through my house. (laughs) So, like, this is, to me, like, the most tolerable version of that. Because the thing is, is why I love that song, while I loved him, Mm. I can see what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, like that. it is a little, it's a lot. It's doing a lot. You know what I mean? And I Mm. feel like this is the utmost version of what people will expect except from that without it being divisive no yeah yeah i totally know what you mean totally know yeah so, so uh any moments uh, or, or or lines in this song? oh moments oh um do you know you go first i didn't actually didn't think of one for this one so if you have one let's see i'm i'm like looking through it um there's obviously the obama uh, you know what it is i don't know why it, it's it's uh at the end of the day, God damn it, I'm killing this shit. I know damn well y'all feeling this shit. I don't need your pussy bitch. I'm on my own dick. Like every time <laughs> I was like, that's that's bars. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Like I ain't never heard someone say I'm on my own dick, but I was like, mm. I think I need to start using that. Totally didn't. Did not start using that in my daily lexicon. But deep down I was like, I bet I'd be a baller if I could pull that off. <laughs> like, yes. I think I like the the line uh Take uh, taking my inner child and fight. I'm fighting for custody with all the res- these responsibilities that they entrusted me as I look down at my at my diamond encrusted piece. Yeah, that diamond encrusted piece. Yeah, that one's that one's great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, up next is I'm gonna put both of these together since they're technically two songs on the album, but you know they're one. So, and it's uh, all of the lights, the interlude, and then all of the lights. Okay, and so I'm going to do a quick thing because like. So what's funny is that All the Lights was definitely a single, right? I, mm-hmm. I definitely yes. remember it. Um, what's funny is that, to me, when I play, if, if I were to play this, hmm, maybe not this album on shuffle, but if I had this album mixed in another playlist with, a, with other songs, right? Just from mm-hmm. different people. Mm-hmm. All of the Lights is like actually, I think, lower on my list, it feels, I don't know, it, it, it just doesn't, something about it doesn't fit right with me. I don't know if it's because it's a single that I heard a bunch, and so naturally, like, I don't know about you, but, like, you know what, we talked about this with Big Sean, like, the Finally Famous album, is that, to me, like, when a single is too big, it can start to feel like it's not a part of the album. Yes. It, yep, it can yep, feel yep, like yep. it's just its own thing that was forced yep. in there. Yeah. And I think I, mean, I get that feeling with all of the lights. But when I started, before we recorded this, this whole week, I've been playing this album over and over and over again. And, mm-hmm. and I think this interlude is crucial for making this song fit in the album. I oh, think, yeah. I think the interlude brings you from the nuts fucking bang your head against the wall shit that power is to like bring you down to a level that all of the lights works at. And it's funny because all of the lights isn't some fucking slow R&B song. You know what I mean? Like it's got its fucking climax that's banging your head against the wall. Yes. But for some reason like I really do feel like that interlude pulls it in with the rest of the album. Yeah, so yeah, I I feel the same way in terms of it um sort of the single part of it, but I, I, I was into this song before it was a single or before he made it like a single, so I never felt that. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I feel that way about, like, Bodak Yellow being in Cardi B's album where I'm like, this song was so fucking huge the year before that when it came out with the album, I was like, this somebody just shoved this in there, which makes sense because it was, you know, I think, like, 
it was a number one hit, so you know it makes sense for you to squeeze it into your first album. Um, but it just felt so much bigger than the album that I was like, what is this doing here? But I didn't feel that about this one just because I had already listened to it a bunch um, before it, he sort of chose it to be the, the following album. But I, I, this is probably my second favorite song on the album, or maybe third. I think it's my second uh, favorite album, um, or favorite song from the album. Um, but the interlude is so good. It's like the most beautiful piano and cello you can imagine. Absolutely. Um, and I used to have it as my alarm when I was in college. But oh, I only had it for like, Well, the thing is, so like when, so there was a moment where you, they did an update where you could make uh, any song your alarm to wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that for a few months, but then I realized that I was starting, I didn't, you know, you wait, your alarm, you're supposed to have a negative reaction to it because you, you go, fuck, whatever, right? Right. And so I realized that I would listen to the song as it came up naturally, and I'd be like, ugh, whatever, like, ugh, like, like, you just get, like, this sort of Pavlovian response to it. And so I was like, fuck that, I'm changing it back. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love the the um, the song, but, excuse me, um, but, uh, yes, I love the interlude. I wish, you know... We talked about songs that we could make longer. This is probably one of those. Yeah, or absolutely. I feel like I could make listen to it for like five minutes of just like inter- interpretations or inter- uh, interludes of this over and over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and like I said, I think what's funny too is it's the interlude is so simple, right? Like mm-hmm. as as good as it is, it, it feels very simple. Like you said, it was it's a cello and a piano. You know what I mean? Like and, and that's that's what you're getting, and then. The actual song of the lights is the most complex. I don't think it's the most grandiose. You know what I mean? Like I think power is still looking at everything on that song. Like you know what I mean? It's just like the biggest and the loudest. But I think this is like the most complex song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. In its production, absolutely. Also, and if you um, look, bro, even if you just look at the fucking names on this song. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And it, <laughs> Wait, and it, he squeezes them all together. Well, yeah, it's like fucking. All right, here's the deal. I don't remember all the names. Also, I remember watching the music video, and I think at the end he starts flashing the names, and yes. I was like, I didn't even know this motherfucker was in this song. To this <laughs> day, I can't tell where the fuck John Legend is in this song, but I'm pretty sure his name's it's in that, it. It's that like super like. Like sque- squeezed up thing of all of the lights, um. I, I and then Rihanna. I think this is like her, like one of the first times that, um. You know she's on the hook for it, um. And I think she was only twenty two when this song came out, mm-hmm. and so it's her and to so her Cuddy and, is it fucking forget- Fergie on the shit? Fergie's at the end, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And she gets like her the the cocaine or the credit card yeah. or something like that. Um, and so she's in that, uh, and then Elton John is at the end. I think that's his voice saying the very last part. Of... Apparently Alicia Keys is in this bitch. It says, mm-hmm. although this, sorry, I'm looking at this. It says, although the song has contributions from 14 other renowned artists, including Drake, didn't know he was, that's news to me right now. 10 years <laughs> yeah, later. It's, it's Alicia Keys, John Legend, The Dream, Drake, Fergie, Kid Cudi, Elton John, Ryan Leslie, Charlie Wilson, Tony Williams. Uh, La Rocks, Alvin Fields, Kevin Lewis, and Rihanna. It's fucking nuts. It's also Elton John, bro. My man mm-hmm. got Elton John on the joint, and it fits perfect, bro. Like at the very, very end, he gets that. I got to tell you, <laughs> that shit is perfect. 
I, I don't know why it works. It, I, he does that, but I also feel like I can hear his voice in the choir, the one like uh, version of the choir right before he comes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I think yeah. he's in the like turn up the lights. Like I think he's in that part right before he jumps like this last little bit, and it yeah. and it all fits perfectly. Can you imagine a world where you're like, yeah, I have this song, and they're like, okay, and he's like, I got Alicia Keys on it. They're like, okay. Uh, John Legend, okay, Drake, it's like, you're starting to add a mm-hmm. lot of people, Fergie, they're like, what the fuck is she doing in here, Rihanna, fucking Elton John, and people are like, what the fuck are you doing, bro, <laughs> like, <laughs> make it stop, make the madness end, and the thing is, is it's fucking bars, it's fucking amazing beginning to end, it goes so hard. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I feel the exact same way, like, it, it's just, like, for me, like, like I said, like, I, this is my the second favorite song, but this could you know my favorite. This is my favorite song, my second favorite song of the album. But it could easily be any other artist's best song ever. <laughs> right, this song would shit. This song singularly would shit on ninety five percent of any artist catalog. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and you know what's funny is. You mentioned Kid Cudi on it. I forgot what Kid Cudi even did because, as I said before, where Kid Cudi's voice is basically just an instrument, he fucking doubles down on it. That's what, cause it's just, He's just got like, that fucking awesome... baby. It's like, <laughs> fuck it, bro. I'm, I'm in. I'm in And then the music video has him in that awesome red jacket, like, with his back yeah, to the camera. Yeah, he's just got his back, and he's, like, kind of just, like, bouncing, like, left to right a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. staring up at the sky. Like, God, dude, it's so fucking perfect. <laughs> The video is perfect, and the video mm-hmm. again is another perfect v- visual representation of what this song is. It's fucking nuts. Just neon lights flashing on your screen. You see Kanye flash, Rihanna's there flash, Kid Cudi's there flash, Rih- like back to Kanye. Mm. It's just like everything's all over the place, and it fits the song so perfectly. And despite being all over the place, it works extremely well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just random dog shit thrown together as much right. as it seems like it should be by the way we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, any uh, favorite moments from it? Hmm. Do you, uh, what, what, do you have one? Yeah, uh, I don't have a, a specific musical moment. I have a line. Okay. Uh, when he says, you know, restrain in order, can you see my daughter, her, her mother, brother, grandmother hate me in that order. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's probably where mine was gonna go. <laughs> Them courts suck me dry. I spent that bread. She need her uh, she need her daddy. Baby, please can't let her grow up in that ghetto university. That shit, mm-hmm. it, like it's all just so good. And it's this one, the feeling on this one, as as nuts and complex as it is to me, is like not very. It's not like braggadocious to me. Like I don't, I don't feel that when I listen to this song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yes. as nuts as every bit of this song is going, and it's like I said, it's not a slow R and B joint. It's fucking going the whole time, but it still feels almost somber to me. Like right? Yeah. <laughs> and and like I feel like this is like the first time where the lyrics go or the the music is so good and the lyrics kind of I mean they're there but they're like a little bit off from what you were expecting right um which i think would backfire immensely in father stretch my hands part one yeah <laughs> where you have the greatest first minute of hip-hop in history of ever and then he just comes in talking about bleach booty holes and you're like god damn it <laughs> why did you do this 
Yes, I, I could easily see him doing the same thing for this one. Now, I'm not saying that the lyrics are bad in this one. I think, you know, I think it works in this one. But I think he tries it again in that one, and it just fucking falls, like, flat. Right, and I think it's because, you know, the lyrics in this, while I don't think they're, like, the lyrics are not the draw of this song. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's it's the sound. You know what I mean? Even, like, the, the chorus, which is as good as it is, like, the, you know, the turn up the lights, the... It's as good as it is. It has nothing to do with the lyrics. It's just about the sound and how it's played together. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I think the thing is that while it's, you said the lyrics are different from what you'd expect, it's not dumb. You know what I mean? Like the shit he's saying yeah. is not dumb. Like you said, right. fucking restraining order, can't see my daughter, her mother, brother, grandmother, hate me in that order. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's not just some random... Put that line there and then talk about... <laughs> Uh, she's bleached her asshole, and if I get bleached in my t-shirt, then I'm gonna look like an asshole or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, yes. <laughs> well, this is clearly not in the same league. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why we so... don't acknowledge everything in the life of pop. That's why we know that when that album was made, things were going off the rails. Yes, that that should have been our first sign. Right, and and I think yeah. for some people it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I remember there's a Pete Davidson was talking about like and this was kind of after Kanye had like gone more off the deep end but, like mm-hmm. I can't remember what he, it was on I think it was on SNL he's like I'm off the meds and he was like stop don't be there, <laughs> there's a reason you were on them <laughs> yeah exactly he's like exactly. I'm on meds they're great <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah so that that is all of the lights and then next up is monster Mm-hmm. Um, which also has a bunch of features. Um, Bonnie Vera, I think, uh, he does the intro. Rick Ross does like a little snippet, not even six bars. It's like two bars. Rick Ross is, and is, th- makes me laugh so hard. And it's funny because if I'm listening to the song and legitimately into it, it's fine. But it's it's like if I ever hear it alone, I, I can't stop laughing, bro. Because <laughs> like he literally comes, he's like. Bitch, I'm a monster. No good blood sucker. And I'm like, all right, I'm into it, right? I'm into it. Fat motherfucker. Now look who's... I'm like, why did you do this? Why did you say that? <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and so then next up, uh, there's also Kanye West is in it, of course. Uh, Jay-Z and Nicki. And I think we've talked about this before. I, I think we've talked about Kanye's verse before. And we've definitely talked about Nicki. So we can... We don't have to... Um, rehash that but um i love this one it's like become a staple during halloween for me um and the music video is great but i i, I don't think he ever really released it widely because mm-hmm. um, it is a little weird it's like dead models and shit yeah um but his verse is good um and uh i you know what how i feel about nikki's i think it's it's like top three in terms of verses that are in this album um and one of my all-time favorites yeah so <sighs> All right, so again, I've been listening to this album nonstop for mm. a week. So, Rick Ross, it, how do you think he pitched this to get Rick Ross on here? <laughs> I want four lines, and he was like, "That's it," and he was like, "Yeah." And Rick Ross was like, "Sure." Like, do you think? Do you like? Like, do you think he told Rick Ross this is only four lines, or like, like how? How does that happen? How does someone come in? for four lines it, it's the exact same as pop style where jay-z says one line and then the whole thing's going. yeah and then and they like, actually like give him like a feature the credit like, is uh... the throne because it's and i was like 
he has the one line. That's it. Like that's what we're going with. That's what we're calling mm-hmm. the throne. Mm-hmm. But like, this is still different to me because like the one line thing just made it to me. I was like, well, he just didn't want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But like yeah. the four lines, and also to be the opening. You know what I mean? Like, and also Rick Ross is on this album again later. So like knowing that you got the full verse, do you think? Hold on, do you think he got him for Devil in a New Dress? And then at the end, after they were done recording, they're like, "What do you think of this one?" And he was like, "I kind of like it." They're like, "You want to spit something?" And he like just dropped those four lines and walked out. And they were like, "I mean, I guess, I guess I'll throw it on." <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Sure." I mean, it's a little like uh, the little uh, uh, celery, or and that's a little uh, topping on top of the pasta, a little bit of green, just like puts a little and you know what's, cherry on top. You know of what's it. extra funny to me is that like there's. In my opinion, no chance that he did more than four lines and they cut some out because it opens with a line that is clearly the opening of a of a song. And his end is Kanye West samples. Here's one for example. So he mm-hmm. knew he was done. He started. <laughs> he got three lines in. He was like, I think I'm at to wrap this up. Kanye West samples. Here's one for example. And then just like left. And and so like obviously the chorus is great. Gossip. Gossip. It just like for some reason it just goes with the beat. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, what's funny is I know you said we've talked about Jay-Z and Nicki Minaj versus so we don't want to get too into that. But the thing is, is we're talking about this fucking album. So I'm going to get into it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I remember being a huge Jay-Z fan in high school. And I remember convincing myself that this verse wasn't bad. <laughs> I, I mean, remember, it's not bad, but it's nah, not good. It's, bad, it's just kind of... And, Any, and anytime I listen to it, uh, um, the song, I mean, I just listen to it with like a, uh, um, like on a big speaker, um, with a couple people this past weekend. You always look like away the, from the crowd as his verse is on. You're just like, staring yeah, you just kind of go like, uh, got to King Kong. Like, let me check my phone. Let me drink a little bit of water. And then when Nikki's gossip, verse is back, gossip, like, all right, back in, like, let's go. Pull up in the Monster Automobile Gangster. You're like, oh yeah, let's go. All right. But, all right, so. That I remember convincing myself in high school that this verse was not bad. And this week, and, and here's the deal. I've progressively over the 10 years realized that this verse is bad. But this week, I was going into it with a different mindset of listening to it and like really trying to take in every last bit. Because um, like even when you love an album, like, like after you've heard it enough times, you're not really like necessarily taking it in every time. It's just like you mm-hmm. know it so well that it's just like this is the shit I like. You know what I mean? And you're not, like, yeah. really paying attention to it. I listened to it, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the worst. So, the first two lines, dog shit. Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. Bro, what the fuck are you doing? You're just naming random shit. I'm good. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, question. What do these things all have in common? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're what? creatures? The, obviously. We're, this is Halloween? I didn't know. Um, like, he's like, everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. And I'm like, okay, so, so this four lines is trash. Then he, the thing is, is there are certain spots where he starts to redeem himself. Conquer, stomp you, stop you, silly nonsense, nonsense. None of you know where the swamp is. Goes hard. He he starts Mm -hmm. to pop off. Then he goes back to, um, I still hear fiends scream in my dreams. Like, Jesus. And then he starts to go (laughs) off again. And then he's like, love, 
I don't get it now. And I'm like, bro, why? There are so many times I'm like, oh, he's bringing it back on track, and it's off the rails. And like, I was just like, why did you have to do this? How did yeah. this verse end up so bad? How did this? Yeah. And there, I always go, you know, I always breathe in when he goes, yo, that goes I hard. Smell a mess. That go. goes hard. Yeah. The only way to shut your bastards up. It goes <laughs> so hard. And like, that's the problem. It's like, that goes hard. And, like, the other lines go hard. But the, the shit that's bad is bad. Like, and mm-hmm. so it's like, I, I convinced myself that this was a decent verse. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, this shit's trash. <laughs> and it's funny. So I've told you that I don't feel, I don't like Nicki Minaj's verse, really. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listen to Nicki Minaj's verse, right? And it starts, like, pull up in the monster, automobile gangster, with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. And so I'm, like, in it, right? I'm, like, okay, this isn't mm-hmm. bad. And the whole time I'm, like, why did I think that she loses her fucking mind? Like, and then, like, halfway through the verse, she she loses it, bro, and is mm-hmm. going super hard with the whole, like, like forget Barbie. Fuck Nikki. She, she's fake. And I'm, like, please stop. Yeah. This is too much. Like. <laughs> and if you watch the music video, she like is she plays both herself like the the pink hair one and then like this dominatrix one going back and forth. Um, that that actually looks pretty cool because it like sort of does fifty fifty like in the song. Yeah, but then like, but I can't get with the audio of it. Like she does that in her bro. I laughed out loud this week. With the next line is she on a diet cheesecake and i'm like please stop bro why did you do this it's the most over the top version of that i can ever come up to and i'm just like you're doing too much like i was 100 percent with this verse for the first half and then mm. that started happening and i was like oh yeah that's why i don't like this verse <laughs> see i am the complete opposite i love it because it is that because it is that that sort of insane verse i, I think the song wouldn't land where it lands and wouldn't sort of hit the point that it or the the sort of target of what it's trying to sound like and be like without that back end half of her verse see to me it just ruins it like to me it's a song that like it every kanye's verse is perfect rick ross is there and then like jay-z has a bad verse and then like Nicki minaj just up to halfway through it like it just doesn't do anything for me. Like, like there has been no evidence that that's what they were going for to me in in the early parts of that song. Like that song to me is just like mm-hmm. a standard sounding rap song, and then she loses her fucking mind at the end, and like I just yeah. can't deal with it. <laughs> See, I yeah, dude, I just I feel the complete opposite. Yeah. I think she makes the song. I think that verse specifically, like, is sort of like a holy shit moment at least when i i mean when i first heard it it was an oh shit moment for me in terms of that verse and then ever since then like it, it, it hasn't lost its um potency in it in its sort of shine in my mind in terms of like one of the best verses like i've ever heard and i think it makes the song yeah and and to be fair it's clearly just me because everybody else thinks the way you think it's just too <laughs> fucking much for me i can't do it um <laughs> But yeah, anyways, this song, with all that being said, with two fucking duds, in my opinion, at the end, mm. is still great. It still would shit on most people's catalog. You can yep. put this on 85% of albums, and it would be the top two song on the album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, oh, favorite moment, real quick? Favorite moment. Um, It might... No, nah, okay, so... 
other than the 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 Rick Ross that makes me laugh super hard every single time. It, it has to be. Um, we probably have the same one. All right. Well, no, because I know which one you're gonna say because it is the best one. But I'm giving you my second because I. <laughs> so mine's gonna be. Um, God, what is it? Uh, through the rap in a trap, triple double, no assist. That that like the line mm-hmm. right for it. Oh yeah. Um, and then the line right after it is is all good. But obviously the the number one line has to do with with someone's inner organs, correct? Someone's esophagus and <laughs> yeah. sarcophagus. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever had sex with a pharaoh? Ah, put the pussy in a sarcophagus. And sorry, yep. right before. Oh uh, no. Now she's claiming that I bruised her esophagus, head of the class, and she just want to swallow shit. Also, the very ending of this, like, for me, lyrically, was like, I was like, fuck, my man popped off. Which is, he says, I'm living in this future, so the present is my past. My presence is a present. Kiss my ass. Like, the, I was like, oh, yeah. there's so many, oh, fat, but like, past, future, present, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple entendre, don't even ask me how. Just like my man's hitting timeline bars. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's um yeah, so that's Monster. And then uh next up is So Appalled, which is the posse cut of the track. And this was one that I actually I you know, I liked it when I first listened to it, but it wasn't until about maybe five years ago that I sort of was like, This is a great song. And I think every every time I listened to it before then I was like, This is good, you know, everybody gets their cut in. Um but it wasn't until like I knew everybody's verse inside and out that I was like, this is like some good fucking shit. I mean, even Sai the Prince, or Sai High the Prince, which we've talked about before about his line about how he snuck in the the calendar one, or he snuck in his yeah. verse and then he just kind of uh, squeezes his way into it. Um, you know, I think even he's great. He still fits Jay's in. great. Yeah, he fits in. Jay's great. Uh, pushes pushes sounds great. Jay sounds. Uh, and then Kanye sounds. I, I I can't remember where I saw them mention this, but he sounds different in this song. He does. I, mean, I love the way it sounds. He does. Here's the it thing. It sounds like he has like a sheet over the microphone or something. This is This has been my number one song on this album since the album came out. It has never not been this song. This song has always been my favorite song on the album. And and it is the most standard rap posse cut kind of song on this album. Yeah. I will say that I didn't, again, listening to this on my drive home from work this week, I, I, I wear a hat to work every single day. It's like a standard like ball cap, and, and that doesn't seem like it's going to be relevant, but it is. So this song was playing, and I'm driving, right? Well, And also, this album's just been playing, so I've kind of been into it anyways, right? And so Monster finishes. Monster, again, great song. This song comes on. About halfway through this song, I realized... And I'm fucking bobbing my head up and down, right? And I'm <laughs> bobbing it to the degree that, like, when I'm all the way up, the the bill of my hat is, like, centimeters from hitting the roof of my car. And at all the way down of the head bop, I can't see the road because the I'm too far down and the bill of my hat is covering the whole <laughs> windshield. My head is just fucking... I look like an asshole. There's no way I don't. <laughs> But my shit is just fucking bobbing so hard to this song. This song, the beat is perfect. It's like very, this is actually a very simple beat to me compared to everything else we hear. Everything else we hear on this album. Yes, yeah. Um, But realistically, like, it goes so hard. And like you said, every single person that's on this song throws in what is at least a 9 out of 10 verse. Except for Sai Hai, who pulls in like a 7.5 out of 10. Which is still good, but it's just like... 
Sai High is clearly still the wink link at the end of the song. You know what I mean? Like you listen to everybody, like that's probably the guy that should have been on it. Yeah, like he has the most like like kitschy, like big shiny sounding lines. Yeah, like a Trojan um, in my pocket, Matt. Liner. Matt Line nerd, and then met a girl in Valentine's Day. Yeah. Factor in May, she find out about April, so she chose to march. Uh, I that's my favorite part of the, of the song, just because I'm like that. That sounds so good, and it's like one of those like when you listen to it, you go, oh okay, that's pretty good. Uh, but other than that, I think yeah, like you said, Pusha fucking kills it. CNN said we'd be dead by 21. Like, Dude, all that shit's so good. This song is... Yeah, them kilos came. We gave you Bobby Brown jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tony doing time for what he did to nostrils. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody has, like, multiple lines of the song. Like, you said even Sahai the Prince has the, the calendar line. Um, yeah. But on top of that, the very end of his um line uh, versus a bad because you haters got some phds y'all just some major haters and some math minors tiger mm-hmm. woods don't mm-hmm. make me grab irons like that still goes hard it's still yeah. not like the level of everyone else but it still goes hard yeah and, and nobody drops the ball jay-z for all the shit i would talk in literally one track before this completely redeems himself with his first in this with the fucking triple entendre you know, yeah. and even, uh, uh, so f- fuck it. so fly, not even fuck, what is, what the fuck is it? I'm so fly, so I'm fly, fucking not playing. Fucking not playing. Like, that's triple entendre, don't even ask me how he would, he <laughs> said that three months earlier, or uh, four months earlier when he did fucking Lights Out with Drake, and this is a version of that, a re- or a, an example of right. it. Right, and it's just like, God, all of it's good, all of his verse is good, um, yeah, went from the favorite to the most hated, but would you rather be underpaid or overrated? And I'm like, that's More facts. More from minor league coaches. Yeah, and I'm like, that's fucking facts, Jay-Z, you're right. That's fucking facts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, <laughs> Kanye shit, despite having a solid Donald Trump reference, like as his fucking sixth word in the song, um, <laughs> like, I'm so appalled, spalding, ball, balding Donald Trump, taking dollars from y'all. I, I heard that, I was like, God damn why does my man got to talk about Donald Trump so fucking much? Um, <laughs> Bring it in. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, it just, everything's perfect in this. And and the chorus is terrible, but it it's the most perfect for this song. The RZA? You don't like it? No, no. First of all, it's not the RZA the whole time. Oh, is it Swiss? Oh, it's Swiss. Swiss. It's Swiss. But, I mean, yeah, one hand in the air, like, well, and then like, uh, champagne wishes, 30 white bitches. I mean, the shit is fucking oh, ridiculous. And then yeah. that skip that we talked about. Yeah. The, the, My favorite, though, is when RZA does it. Bro, it jumps to a whole nother fucking level at the end. It's so aggressive. And also, <laughs> like, I remember for... I remember... So he says, champagne wishes 30 white bitches. For, for the longest time, I thought he said dirty white bitches. So, like, mm-hmm. RZA comes in super aggressive. He's like... Champagne wishes and dirty white bitches. I mean, the shit is fucking ridiculous. Like, he, he goes so insanely just over the top. And every time, I'm like, God, dude, like, what the fuck is this song? It goes so hard, but it's the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and do you remember what happened around this song, around Jay-Z's verse? I don't. I really don't. Well, you know, MC Hammer got pissed oh, about yes. the line. He wrote the worst diss song to ever be written. Yes, he's like, Hammer went broke, so you know I'm more focused. I lost 30 mil, so I spent another 30, because unlike Hammer, 30 million can't hurt me. And he got fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, Hammer was like, oh, I don't like you talking about me like that. And he, uh-huh. God, he, his diss track, I can't remember what the name of it is, 
It's like it's called like it's uh, the fire, right? be- better run run or something. Uh, yeah, something no. like that. He's got uh, Hellboy. Uh, I'm trying to see. I this don't one. remember. Yeah, it's called better run run. Yeah, better run, better run run. It's the, it's the fire. It's the fire. It's the fire, boy. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Jay It's not even a beef because Jay Z was like, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, but MC Hamer gets like the fattest dude to play Jay Z, and I'm just like, why did you do this? Because <laughs> this video is like uh-huh. someone chasing. It might be him. I don't know. Someone is chasing this fat Jay Z like through the woods, and he's like got the stereotypical like blue Yankee hat. Like it's the most ridiculous shit ever. Mm-hmm. And my man Jay Z was like a throwaway line was like, you know, uh. Lost 30 mil, so I spent another 30 because I'm like, hammer 30 million can't hurt me. Like, I guarantee that when he dropped that line, the fact that MC Hammer might feel disrespected did not even fucking cross his mind. He was like, I don't give a shit, bro. This is just a line. It's just, you know, it's just a cool bar. I'm dropping it. And then yeah. MC Hammer had the fucking gall to get like indignant and upset. And Jay Z had to. Like, how dare like, you remind me that I lost all that money? Jay Z had to be like, this. You, you still making songs, bro? Like, yeah. He came up with that like, song. Who the like, fuck are you? Who? The, the Snoop Dogg who? <laughs> yeah, <that's> who? <laughs> uh, I forgot about that until you mentioned it. Oh, my God, yeah. bro. Yeah. So <sighs> fucking shitty. Uh, so, no, um, that's, you know what a good example of it? It's like when you talked about, like we were talking about how like Akon is probably just sitting in his house and they're like, say someone's like chain the color Akon. He's like, damn, like why do we like, like MC Hammer co- was sitting. Kids color than Akon. My, my rose is color than Akon. Coop the color Akon. You're like, God damn it. But he doesn't bitch about it. Right. But you know, that's the same thing that happened, right? MC Hammer was sitting in his house and he heard mm-hmm. like, because uh, unlike Hammer, 30 million can't hurt me. And he was like, Oh my god. He, he sat there he's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, um Ugh. Yeah, so that's so appalled featuring Jay-Z, Pusha T, Sahai the Prince, Swiss Beats and The RZA or just RZA. My favorite album on this or my favorite song on this album. Um and that Oh, I added five, an hour. So this is like my our, our, our uh, note mark thing that you asked. Okay. Um, it said an hour for $5. Yep, that's So fine. I went ahead and did that. Okay. We are at an hour 10. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, and so <clears throat> next up uh, is Devil in a New Dress, which is my third favorite song on this album. And I know that because at the end of last year, because it was the end of the decade, I like making lists because it's fun for me. And, you know, I, I like sort of ranking shit. It's I've always liked mm-hmm. that. And my top 10 had three songs from this album like my three top 10 songs of the decade like of the fucking last 10 years because i just couldn't i couldn't make it anything else um so i'll i'll spoil it and i'll say that number one was runaway okay um i thought it was the best song of the decade but i think uh number four i'm trying to find it on my facebook i think number four yeah was all of the lights which i mentioned before Mm -hmm. and then this was number 10 devil in a new dress featuring rick ross Mm mm-hmm I've talked about this song plenty on here before. I think I've probably even talked about it more than Runaway. You know, where you would be like, wait, Runaway was your number one? But you talk about Devil in a New I Dress. I thought Devil in a New time. Dress was your favorite song. You said it was your third favorite song, and I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's the one where I can... It's like, you know, with Runaway and All of the Lights, you kind of go, like, look at it, right? You just go, like, 
it's like the Godfather. You just go like, look at it. Like if you watch it, you go, that is great because everything is fucking perfect about it. Right. Whereas if you say something like Shaun of the Dead or even what's another movie that's like that, like The Matrix. Right. You can point out specific things that you go, that changed everything. That thing sounds awesome. That it, you can you can pick out things more succinctly than something like The Godfather or something like Runaway. Right. Also, right? Like if you go, what's great about? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, you know, if you if you somebody asks you what's great about Runaway, you just go fucking like just look have, at it. Do you not have ears? Do you not have ears? <laughs> yeah. Do you not have ears? Do you like do you not understand like what it is about? And but this one you can go. What do you like about it? I'd be like, oh, the fucking sample. Rick Ross's verse, even Kanye, Kanye's verse themselves, the fucking guitar solo. Yes, the guitar uh. solo goes so hard in this song. Yeah, and you know what? And you so, know what I think another thing that might play into it, and 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 you could tell me if I'm wrong, but like, mm-hmm. and I think it kind of is is what you were saying, but that like, so yours were run away and all the lights, correct? Mm-hmm. Those, those were singles, like Devil in a New Dress, and for me, I think so appalled is what does it for me. Like it, it can almost feel like it's your own. Like like this is a deep cut. Like not everyone has heard this. Everyone has heard mm-hmm. all of the lights at some point. Everyone yeah. has heard Runaway at some point. Like everyone knows those songs. They're great. Everyone knows they're good. You know it is what it is. But like mm-hmm. there's a certain like we talked about it with the what was it the Cardi B album. Um, the song with. What was the super big one with uh, Bad Bunny? I like that. Yeah, I li- J Balvin and... Yeah. We uh, both big talked Bunny. about how like we knew that was going to be a single before it came out. Yeah. And so it's that same kind of feeling of like, like I knew this was... Like, this is mine. You know what I mean? Like, not right. everyone knows this. I'm the first here. This is my joint. You know what I mean? That... Yeah. It, <laughs> All of the lights is for everyone else, but but Devil in a New Dress is just me and you, baby. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our song. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about Soul Paul. Except I can't... I can't be like, this is our song, baby, because my shit's, like, mad aggressive. <laughs> right, right. Like, this is me and you, dog. This is fucking ridiculous. Um, but, like... Dirty way, bitch. <laughs> exactly. But, like, I think there's that certain level of, like, um, it's not ownership, but it kind of feels like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know, yeah. That probably that probably is why I stick to this one. Or, like, where I go, like, look at... Like, guys, guys, you got to fucking look at this. Like, look at this thing over here. Um... It's um it's the only song not produced by J- uh, Kanye West in this one. It's really? produced by Bink. Yeah, and just Bink. So, like, there is nobody else. It's just, well, Mike Dean is on it, too. But this is, like, one of the ones that only has two producers. All of the other ones have three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of them even have five, like, all, like five, like, all of the lights. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because it has that. I guess it's easier to do something like this because it's just a sample mm-hmm. than it is to do something like all of the lights. But that sample is so good. The Smokey Robinson song. It's uh, Will You Love Me Tomorrow. And it just sounds like, uh, like, uh, uh, right. But the thing is, he takes it from like three different parts of that Smokey Robinson song and like cuts them together. It's not right. just like, it's not like he finds like a 10 second thing and just loops it. Yeah. It's, it's it's very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's what's funny is that like, well, I guess no, it's not complex. That's not the word I'm looking for. But like, it's um, it it is perfectly done in in, in that it's not like the most simple thing. But like they they know exactly what they were going for and they nailed it. And you know, 
Kanye Kanye's verse goes so hard on this song, right? Mm-hmm. Like even it's it immediately takes the backseat the moment Rick Ross comes on this. Like, what's funny is Otis at the very beginning. You know, at the beginning of Otis, he's like, "Sounds so soulful, don't you agree?" This shit to me mm-hmm. is the the pinnacle of that. Like, like this yes. is the most soulful, smooth, just fucking, just like we're just hanging out and just like. Chill, like chilling. This shit's just going. Everyone's and like no one's attacking the beat. It just feels like they're floating on it. You know what I mean? Like everyone's right. just riding yeah. it from beginning to end. Somebody, um, somebody mentioned described uh, the Drake song "Hold On, We're Going Home." Yeah, they described it as um, smoother than uh, Moonlight Enema, a Moonlight Bailey Enema administered by Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> and so that stuck with me ever since I saw that about that song. And I feel like that fits this one too. Right. Just like the smoothest fucking like, like silkiest shit you can imagine. Yeah. It, it goes, it, it just, it's perfect. It's exactly. And it's such a departure from what we had up to this point. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it really doubles down on the guitar. Um, yep. it, it's, it just, it's weird. It's like very unique in terms of like everything else that's happening on this album. Um, mm. I always this has another. There are for as much as I love this album, and I think it's nothing but greatness, right? Mm-hmm. This there are so many moments in these this album that make me laugh, and like in this song, <laughs> we love Jesus, but you didn't learn a lot from Satan. Satan, Satan, Satan. Like it, it like mm-hmm. the, that kills me every time I hear it. It's like, why did you do that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Like all of his verses, he he's like sort of he sounds distracted, sort of. Right. Like not distracted, but he sounds kind of just like, hey, like he's talking. I guess that's the point is that he's supposed to be like somebody talking drunk to like a woman at a bar or, or like a restaurant or something. So he's kind of just floating in and out. He's not like focused like he is in gorgeous or even so appalled he's just kind of like satan saying and he's like what you know cat got your tongue and then he lets the music take yeah. over a little bit right he's kind of like you said floating on it right absolutely and like like you said it's 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 it is like him just like drunk just talking like it, it feels like um like it feels like your boy who just got out of a relationship just drunk at a bar you know what mm-hmm. i mean like that's how his verse sounds you know what i mean like it's just dumb little, like, phrases, and, like, he's clearly not in a fucking up mood. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely in a down mm-hmm. mood if it was going to be something. Um, yeah. It's it's just great. And then fucking Rick Ross comes in. Well, well before, okay, well, before Rick Ross, you have that fucking solo. Yeah, the guitar solo. The guitar solo. And I think it starts um it starts off by the a piano. I think it's a piano and a cello. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah, it starts off with just like the instruments from the interlude of all of the lights, mm-hmm. maybe a violin or something similar to it. It's a string instrument along with the piano, and then in the back half of that s- single or the the solo that splits the song into two, you have that fucking just masterful electric guitar solo by Mike Dean. Mm-hmm. And I think that well, sets up with Ross it. coming in. Yes, because as yeah. much it's as, like an alley oop. Because even as much as like, it's funny because I would still not describe. Rick Ross, Rick Ross still just floats on this to me. You know what I mean? Like it's not he's not necessarily attacking it, but I think just mm-hmm. because of what his voice is and what he raps about, like it it 
it still needs to be separated. We need something yes. to bring us from Kanye's fucking, uh, I ordered jerks, said you are what you eat. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. something to bring you from there <laughs> to, to like fucking what Rick Ross's fucking opening. Yes. Like, like the, the, have you ever played Crash Bandicoot, the original, the old ones? Yeah, I think a long time okay, ago. Okay, so yeah. this guitar solo is the opening of the doors when the boulders drops and just starts fucking <laughs> rolling behind you. You know what I mean? Like, And that's yeah. what Rick Ross's verse is. It's that just fucking boulder. It's The boulder's not doing anything, right? The boulder's just rolling along with gravity, but it's still a giant fucking boulder. And that's like the best way I can describe how I feel like Rick Ross is on this song, which is that like Rick Ross isn't being any... like. This is probably the smoothest Rick Ross can be. You know what I mean? Like, he's not mm. doing, like, his verse in John with Lil Wayne, where it's just, like, the super aggressive, hard rap shit. It's just, like, nah, like, Rick Ross is just a big dude with a deep-ass voice, and he's going to talk about the some shit. A deep-ass voice, and he's talking about luxury shoes. And <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. Uh, sh- sherry Red Cherry. Yeah, and so, like, it, you know, you're going to have to amp it up a little bit. He's not trying, but you just have to bring it to him. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly yep. what it is. And it's funny, this was, this was one of the most disappointed I've ever been is that like, I showed someone this verse and they were just like, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, this is the most amazing shit. Um, Like, this to me was just the most, it's super unique to me. Like, I don't think you're going to get that combination of like a Rick Ross sounding person on this kind of beat. Like, pulling this off in this moment the way you did in this song. Yes. I think the only person that could even come close would be somebody like Tyler, the, somebody, like, it would be Tyler, the creator, given a beat by somebody who could do something like this. Right. If you put Tyler, the creator on the end of this beat, and then, here's the thing, it had to be Tyler, the creator now, and not Tyler, the creator earlier. No, Because, yeah, like, yeah. early Tyler, the creator is just, like, super aggressive. He'd be like, dumb shit. Like, looking at your bitch, I killed her with cockroaches, <laughs> and I ate the... the, the. <laughs> I hear her liver with a bottle of Chianti, but you never see me. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Tyler Crater now has matured and, like, you know, is, is a little more reasonable. So, like, I think, uh, you know, that would be perfect. That would be another good example yeah. of, like, the only real person I can think of pulling that off now. But, <laughs> you know, what's funny is we get kind of close later in, in, in this album, I think. You know what I mean? Maybe not close, but, like, in terms of, like, I, I would have never pictured this person on a song and they just kind of, like, float on it. Which to me yeah. is is push a T and run away, but we'll get to that. Like, yeah. um, but yeah. So yes. what what other than the obvious answer being the Rick Ross verse? What do you yeah. have a line, a verse, um, a moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just a small line that I always think about, or I always um, like. I think I've tweeted before like three or four times for no reason, but it's so many cars. DMV thought it was mail yes, fraud, bro, which I is was, so I good. Was this song on the like. Like I said, on the way home from work, and for some reason, it just hit me so hard. I was like, so many cars, DMV thought it was mail fraud. I was like, God damn. Because it's not, it's not, you know, so many cars that the cops were like, who bought these cars? It's like, the DMV thought that he was getting so many mails for all the licenses and shit. <laughs> There's so many cars. Like, that's so fucking good. God, so, and, and that's the thing, is like, in this, in this verse, like, all of his luxury rap shit isn't, like, it's all, like, one step further. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he doesn't just say that he's got a bad bitch. You know what I mean? He's not just like, nah, my girl's fine. He says, looking at my bitch, I bet she give you ass a bone. Uh, like, looking at my <laughs> wrist, it'll turn your ass to stone. 
I don't even know what the fuck that line means. Because, like, to me, I feel like that's supposed to be a Medusa reference, but I don't fucking get it. <laughs> it's like ice? Like, ice is going to freeze you? Maybe. Also, there's a line in this song that I'm pretty sure it's in this one. I can't I can't find it right now while I'm looking at it, but I feel like I'm overlooking it. But this is... He says, God bless the man I put the ice over in this song, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. God, that's so... Spinning Tendi, uh, Teddy Pendergrass vinyl while my J burn. Yeah, God. And then he does getting Tupac money twice Tupac over. Tupac money Still twice a real... over. Two twice yeah, over. getting Tupac money twice over. Still a real red Coogee sweater dice roller. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he just did the Tupac and the Biggie. Oh, dude, I'm fucking biggie. in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Mail fraud. The DMV was like, there's so much mail going because of the car shit. <laughs> going to this house that there is mail fraud. <laughs> like, that's how good it is. They have so many cars that the DMV, like, it's not the cops being like, there's too many cars here. Or the fucking impound lot being like, you can't park here. It's the fucking DMV being like, there's too much mail <laughs> related to cars going to this house. Like, that's how good the line is. And, like, it's so good. And, like, I, I think it, it, I just randomly will tweet it out just from time to time be like, so many cars DMV thought it was mail fraud. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And, and God, that really is the best line in this song. So many uh, cars DMV thought it was mail fraud. <laughs> But, like, also had ciphers with Yeezy before his mouth wired. I was like, Jesus, bro, this man's going off. <laughs> oh, God. It, that, it, his verse is so... Yo, I really don't... I like the, I'm still not really sure what he's trying to get across in the last two lines. Like, I'm making love to the angel of death. Catch your feelings, never stumble, retracing my steps. I was like, oh. Never stumble. Mm, yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, like, whatever, just bro. Like being careful. Doesn't matter. Hey, yep. like you said with movies, sometimes like it, you've nailed it up to this point, so you just play with house money. He hit yep, that yep. DMV line, and I was like, nah, bro, whatever you want, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, you can do poop to scoops from here on out, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, so this is yeah. this so is definitely uh... on the upper level of the song. And you know what's funny is that like both this and Runaway for me have a. a I had a kind of a problem where like i forget that push a tease on runaway and i for the longest time i forgot that rick ross is on this song and i think it's that because at least with this one that guitar solo sounds like what would end a song so many times Mm -hmm. over and really like especially because the guitar solo comes right after that interlude you know what i mean like the little like just the um just the piano, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and so it just like that. Dun dun. Da, to me, that dun, always, dun, I was like, dun, all right, dun. the song's over, like we're done. And then, like, I remember, like, a few years after this album came out, I was looking through the track list, just like, and I, I was just like, holy shit, Rick Ross is on this fucking song again. Like, it was brand new <laughs> to me again, and it was great. Oh yeah, no, to to listen to it for the first time. Um, so yeah, so that's Devil in a New Dress. Up next is Runaway featuring Pusha T. Mm -hmm. Now, this, I think, is not just the song's crown jewel. I think it's his magnum opus. I think it's the best song he has ever made. It's the best song he will ever make. Um, I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect distillation of his sound, Mm -hmm. but then also what he does with this album, but then also what he does with his lyrics, right? Because they're they're, they're like, it's like a distillation of him, at least at that time. And I think what he will ultimately be in my mind, no matter what happens, no matter what's happened in the last four years, no matter what will happen, you know, in the future for him, that's, this is who he will always be. Is this guy who's just like this huge asshole who knows it, 
but he can't change himself. Right. He just keeps fucking up. This whole yes. song is about like, hey, look, I, I know I'm an asshole and I don't want to yes. be, but I'm, I can't stop fucking this up. I can't. <laughs> yes. It's like he, it's like, it's not an apology because, you know, I've always heard that a, a solid apology is three steps. It's like you, you recognize what you did. You recognize how it made the other person feel and you make a change to not do that again. Right. So you go, hey. Sorry, I, I ate your ice cream. It made you feel like I didn't care about you and your ice cream. I won't eat your ice cream again. But this is like him being like, I'm an asshole. And that's it. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. That's like, he just gets the first part of it. And he doesn't say anything yeah. else. He's just like, I'm an asshole. And, you know, I think it made you feel bad. Yeah, like, that's the whatever. thing. It's, it, to me, it's it's the first two parts and not the third. It's like, I'm an asshole. And then I think through the tone, you can tell that he understands that it's, like, not good. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm yeah. an asshole. I really like shouldn't be, but man, I'm just keep fucking rolling these sevens. Like, <laughs> yes. like this is this is who I am to my core. Is I am this asshole, and and as much as I know this isn't great for you or me, it's just what we're doing. Like, <laughs> excuse me. Yep, yep, yep. And so then you know it sounds great in the fucking piano, man. That piano intro, like the first twenty seconds, it's just the two keys. Have you seen? I'm sure you have. It's the video of him on his tour. I, God, what is it? Is it the Watch the Throne tour where he was wearing the masks? Um, uh, the no, the masks was Yeezus. Diamond. Okay, Yeezus. There's a video of him in the mask, I think, from Yeezus, where he's on stage and there's just a piano there. And he's just standing, there, or not a piano, a keyboard. And he's just standing behind the keyboard. And, like, I don't think he's playing anything, right? He's literally just standing still. And then, like, he just picks up his hand. And, like, the crowd, like, like you can feel it, like, getting tense. And he, like, goes, like, ding. And, like, the crowd loses their shit. Like, just for that mm-hmm. one fucking, like, note on the piano. Bing. Like, everyone immediately was, like, oh, it's over. Like, <laughs> Yes. It's, like, look at you. Look yeah, at you. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that, and, and, and I used to not like that. That, look at you. Look at yeah. you. And I, like, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I, I used I Because I remember I had a version of the song that didn't have that. And he just went straight to, like, the... the, the whatever it sounded it must have been an early version mm-hmm. and then when i listened to the actual album version i was like i don't like that but then of course now it's caked into my brain so i'm like i love this i love every part of right. it right yeah it's 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 very i don't know you're right it is to me the the epitome the core of kanye west you know what i mean like that's yes. more than any other song this is him i think um really being sincere yeah yeah, and then you have uh, you know Pusha T's verse where he just plays like a gigantic asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what my favorite line is on that one. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, like, let me look this up. Do you have thoughts about it while I look this up? Um, it's weird because I I think I think the reason this song was never as high for me as it was for everyone else. Is that like everything this song is for me is like very meta. Like, like thinking about like who Kanye West is makes this song better. Thinking about you know, like thinking about how this fits in with all these other things, like all the context, circumstance, everything makes the song better. But for me, like the actual song on its own never really did that for me. This is a to me, this is one 
that like 100% would be in my bottom half of this album mm-hmm. outside of the album. Mm-hmm. Inside the album, mm-hmm. as it comes on, is definitely top. You know what I mean? Like if you're and not, I don't even mean like in the album, like on shuffle. I mean like if you play this album beginning to end in order, this immediately jumps to top five. Yes. You know what I mean? Like and and it wouldn't make it there on its on its own to me. Yeah. Like like just listening. If this came on the radio, I'm probably not sticking around for all nine minutes of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think uh, and it, it sort of ends up being the climax of what the album is trying to say about everything. Right. And then everything afterward, I think there's still some very good songs, but I think this is the, definitely the peak of it in terms of the narrative. And of course, you know, in terms of just the best song. Um, Wait, also, isn't this the one that fucking sparked like the whole fucking movie? Isn't there like like isn't there like a movie version of the music videos where it's Oh like yeah, the thirty five minute one? Yeah. yeah. Like, well I think that's like it if it, it ends up mixing all of the different songs into it, but it's named Runaway. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. It's named yeah. Runaway. Okay. Um and so it's nine minutes. The first five are like the normal song, but then the last four are like him through like some sort of distortion. Um and honestly, like when I when I got the album and I put it into my iTunes, I like you know you can cut off a song, yeah, or you can make it end early. Um, it doesn't cut it physically; it just kind of ends the song. And I would always set it like at five minutes. Right, I set it at five minutes, and for the longest time, like I would think, like three or four or five years, I had it at that. And then one day, I was just like, "Let me take that off," because I think I listened to it on Spotify or something. So I took it off, and I fucking love that ending part of it where yeah. he's distorted and he's singing, and you you don't hear anything; you just get like just the raw like lizard brain emotion of the sounds. Right. I think I think Kanye has a habit of leading on that too much. Um after this. Like I, I think there's some times where he does it and I'm like, Jesus, like I get it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. but this it, it definitely is most at home in this song and feels the best it feels in any song. Yes. Here at the end of Runaway. Yep, yep. It's the most in in it's also I also think um, I didn't mention this earlier in this part of our discussion, um, but uh, for this song, but his singing on here is something we've talked about before, where it not sounding great adds to the goodness of it, right? I think yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, it makes it sound sincere. It makes yeah. it like it's not a performance; it is him. You know what I mean? Like, like, and obviously it is a performance. But with that being said, like, it's still like. I think that's what it's trying to get across. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at some point, it's not a guy singing because he's a good singer. It's him singing his emotion out. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's what is happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything else I have to say about Runaway. Um, probably the my favorite line is the in the push of verse where he says, you know. Can't blame him. They ain't, they ain't never seen Versace sofas. Yeah, can't blame them. They ain't never seen Versace sofas. Um, it, it's it's uh, I don't know. Hmm. The last three lines for me, like, it, it's wildly misogynistic, but like, plenty bitches in a baller uh baller player matrix. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, that's hard. <laughs> He's like, invisibly set, the Rolex is faceless. I'm just young, rich, and tasteless. Like, oof, God. That his verse goes so hard. And again, to me, it's another version of just like, it obviously isn't doing exactly what Rick Ross is, but it's like, 
he's just kind of there. You know what I mean? He's just like, yeah. all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, push the T's on this. You know what I mean? Like, it's never like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's not the DJ drama, like, like fucking bombs, like the J or the uh, Funkmaster Flex bombs. But mm-hmm. like, he just all of a sudden is on it and he's just rolling on it and then he's off and that's it. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Nope, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, do you, any other thoughts about it? No, I, th- I think that, I, th- I think you covered it pretty well as far as like, you know, what it, it is, what it is Kanye. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this to me feels the most of like, no, this is probably who Kanye is as a person. Like this is, this to me feels the most like, you know, this is probably what Kanye feels about himself. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. and, and it's funny cause kind of was saying earlier is that like, it feels like this album kind of goes through this little um like it, it kind of goes through the phases of his life i think through through the songs you know what i mean like you get power which is him just fucking like nah i'm the greatest you know what i mean like mm-hmm. sorry you get gorgeous which is him the thing as much as he is an asshole he's always been extremely confident in his own ability you can hear it in any song ever or any interview ever he has always thought he belonged you know what i mean even when other people didn't Gorgeous mm-hmm. is that, you know what I mean? Gorgeous is like, nah, I fucking belong. I'm not getting my just desserts. I, like, y'all motherfuckers aren't paying attention. Yeah. Power is, nah, I told you motherfuckers. I'm the, you know what I mean? Like, yes, like, it's graduation. You know what I mean? Like, like it's that's not the sound, but the most like, you know, like everyone knows. Like when graduation comes out, like Kanye is crowned. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. was rocking those stupid fucking glasses, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> that he wears in the stronger the music sling, video. Yeah, the, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. People were wearing those. Those shits are stupid. And Kanye was still making it happen. So like, that's Kanye. And then you get to, um, you know, so appalled, which I just think is him kind of grooving. And like this to me feels like the aftermath of the Taylor Swift thing. You know what I mean? This is yeah. to me like after years of reflection and Amber Rose leaving him. You know what I mean? Like it just being like. I like I feel like this is Kanye looking at it and being like I am who I am. I'm I am greatness and also I can't stop fucking things up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think you feel that the most in this song. And I mm-hmm. and, and kind of as you said like this kind of feels like the ultimate like the peak, the climax. I think this is kind of where it stops telling a story. You know what I mean? I think the songs after it are great uh, are, are still good. Like, I kind of feel like this is where the story ends. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. after this is just the epilogue. Yeah. This is just seeing which characters ended up where after this. But to me, this is like the end of this timeline. Right. No, yeah. I totally agree. Because, we, and then we can use this to move on to the next one. Hell of a Life is next. And right. this which one. Which doubles down on the feeling. I don't think it's as good, but to me, it's just like the, like, we had a good run. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah, and I think, well, for me, like, Hell of a Life and Blame Game, for me, are, like, the two weak, they're the, for me, they're the two weakest songs on the album, not to say that they're not great, but for me, like, I, I just kind of go, like, okay, especially Blame Game, uh, or not Blame Game, uh, Hell of a Life, like, I think we've talked about before, where I'm like, Blame Game, I know what it is, and I know what it's going for, and, like, I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, and, like, I, I do like it, and I love it, because it's part of this album, but Hell of a Life, I'm like, that's, for me, the most replaceable, like, he could have easily put in Christian Dior Denim Flow, or, like, another one of these other songs from Good Friday's. And I don't feel like he would have missed a beat. Like, nobody's going to go like, oh, nobody's, nobody's going to go like, oh, I think I just fell in love with a porn star. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although I, I do I do uh, find what he says, you know, about 
race and sex to be very interesting. I do. I, th I think it's like his best. It's his most sexually raw song where he just talks about like just this is what you know looking at a woman through pornography is. This is what comes with being black and pornography is, and like he just kind of says it. Right. Um, so I do like like the instant power um, of the song, but I don't really care for it. I think the production um, isn't my favorite either. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think I'm I'm with you on that. This song is kind of just a um, it's not a dud because I still yeah. think again like and yeah because I think for an album to be this good you don't have duds but then I oh you don't have duds but I also think um. It's an not, album can't it's a be on 10 the whole time. It literally can't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the album can't just be fucking hit after hit after hit. At some point, like, even if it's on purpose, we have to bring it down a notch. You know what I mean? Like, like right. in, in, I think that's what this is. I think this is just like a, we're, like I said, I, I think Kanye told his story. You know what I mean? Like, he told what he wanted to tell in this album. And he's like, let's yep. kind of start winding down. And so you get hell of a life. Yep. Yep. Yep, and uh, so I can't, I can't really think of anything else to say about Hell of a Life. Um, I like the Iron Man sample. That's pretty cool. Like mm -hmm. the do do do. Yeah. Um, God, what was it? There's a line in the song that still, I feel like, kind of kills me. Um, let's see. Oh, it's like, how could you say they live their life wrong when you never fucked with the lights on? I was like, damn, that's hateful. Um, but yeah, I, I think the songs, it's it's good. It's it's not great. It's not bad. It's just a good song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is what it is. I I don't skip it when it comes on. You know what I mean? Like, I just keep listening to it, and then it goes to the next song. But like, yeah, it's it it's good. I also don't feel like it's very. Oh no, it's five minutes, bro. Um, I was about to say I don't feel like it's very long. Um, no, no, no. all this. That's what I love about this album is that all the songs are fucking long. Like they all take their time, they all breathe. There's no like Life of Pablo or even Yeezus where it's like it's been two minutes, end it, boom. Um, which is something that I. Uh, so the, the, I can't. Well, I'll, I'll save my dis my thoughts about Ariana's new album positions for next week. But it's the same thing that happens in her album and this one, where she, like a, a song will hit two minutes and 20 seconds and she'll just be like and okay that's the end and i'll be like what let these shits breathe man like yeah. give us like four minutes even if you take your time with like a piano for like the first 30 like I, like trust me like we will we'll be there for with you right like we don't have right. to be like boom, boom 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 okay let's go okay bye bye, bye. right yeah so maybe this one's long but like maybe that's what it is maybe it breathes the most out of like all of these songs even yeah. even as not aggressive and not in a hurry as Runaway is. I feel like there's more breath in this song. Like, I feel like Runaway the whole time is still hitting you with the, the like, feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's mm -hmm. it keeps paying you with what it wants you to, to feel. But this song is just kind of like, it, it's just the most breather-ish of a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got a couple yep. things to say, I say them, and then we just keep it moving. Right, right. Um, and speaking of that, we'll keep it moving to Blame Game, which, like I said... A little bit ago, I know what it's doing. I know what it is. I know it's this sort of relationship decomposition that I think is captured really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, it just kind of happens. And then you kind of go, like, fuck, that sucks that they broke up. But then, of course, it ends with <laughs> the best, the best <laughs> surprise feature of all time. <laughs> the best surprise feature of all time. 
I used to, I, I will admit, I do think, even to this day, I used to think it went on longer, and then I, I've grown more fondly of it, but still to this day, I'm like, it's a little bit long, but you could have cut it here and there, but I think I, the lines think are so there, good that I... I think there are times where I'm like, it's going a little long, but I think the end is so great. Like, everything about the very end... Oh, yeah. Yeezy so taught you well. Also, like... Yeezy so, taught you well. And then, God, it's just so, like... The, the Yeezy taught me. It's Yeezy taught me over and over again, and it's like, who, who the fuck got your pussy all reupholstered? Yeezy <laughs> reupholstered my pussy. I'm like, Jesus, I'm gonna download that motherfucker. I'm gonna shoot a bullet. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Oh, and then, okay, oh, I, I still can't believe you got me this watch. And he talks Yo, about the Source Awards. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Like, That's right. I saw it. Twist had this shit on in the source. <laughs> <laughs> God, bro. Uh, 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 I, the bezel? Oh, my God. Oh, baby. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yeah, I, all the, that's like a line that I like. Twist had this shit on in the source. Like, that's right. That's God. right. Kills me. And the whole, like, he's like, you done took your pussy game up a whole nother level. This is some Cirque du Soleil pussy now, shit. <laughs> it's simply one of those that I think is enjoyed very, very much uh, when you're listening to it by yourself. But if you're, like, listening to it with other people or, like, with a significant other or in a car ride or something, it's just like, ha, 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 let's nah, me, and, me and my wife will both listen to this and laugh at that whole ending. It's like, <laughs> bro, I'm looking at this. I literally have the lyrics pulled up, and I'm just looking through these lines. And every, like, it, also, it's just the way, because it's Chris Rock, and it's just the way he delivers it. God, what is it? It's like, look at you, motherfucking butt-ass naked. Look at the motherfucking uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Choo's on. <laughs> Who taught you how to put some motherfucking Jimmy Choo's on? <laughs> oh, God, bro. I, everything about his delivery on this is just so perfect. <laughs> so good, so good. But, yeah, so the, but then going back to the song, um, the actual part of it, you know, he talks about, you know, um, oh, featuring John Lennon, John Legend. Um, you yep. know, he talks about you know this fight that they have, which feels a lot like Runaway Two, where he realizes that he's at fault, but he can't stop himself from doing it. You know, he's like, "I'll call you bitch for short," as a last resort and the first resort. So he's sort of like, he's he's already gone through that fight before with that woman, and he's yeah. going through it again, but he can't change himself enough to fix anything. So he's just going through it. And he's like, "We're going to play this blame game where we both blame each other that it's ending." But I can't figure out, or maybe he doesn't want to, or maybe he just literally can't figure out how to not do that every single time. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, I've heard of this song as a, um, really just a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, kind of just being, instead of a girl, you could look at it as his, uh, his fame. You know what I mean? Like, like, like mm-hmm. how he's viewed, um, like his relationship with being a celebrity, yeah, you know what I mean, and, and that also works when you look at it. It's like I I was on top of the world and then I fucked it up and then I was on top of the world and I blame and then him. I yeah. fucked it up and yeah. like I mean, he's like and then I'm gonna be mad because like like I shouldn't have this scrutiny on me all the time and you know what I mean like it, yeah. but then also like I want I want it you know what I mean I want everyone to notice me and so it's just this constant back and forth of like I I keep fucking this up we're in this decision like I'm not changing. Things aren't working out, but like I, neither of us want, you know what I mean? Like, like 
people want to at this time wanted to hear wanted to see wanted to everything kanye west wanted to know and then but also it's like then you fucking jump on stage and act like an asshole you know right right yeah and and i feel like just like you said it could be about fame that could be the same you know for devil in a new dress for what's another one for hell of a life where he talks about any any time that he talks about a woman or relationship or something that has affected him where he can't change his ways it's also i feel like you said it could be about fame um so that's you i know we we both talked about the the chris rock uh part but is there a specific any other part that like sticks out to you in the song because there's the end of one verse that specifically does it for me i I like the uh they got dirt on each other like mud wrestlers yeah right after that he said uh, it's the you always said yeezy i ain't your right girl you probably find one of them i like art type girls all of the light she was caught in the hype girl and I was satisfied being in love with a lie. Now, who to blame? You to blame? Me to blame for the pain? And it poured every time when it rained. Like, that, it, it's, like, the most, like, I, to me, like, that's, like, you know, he even says all of the lights. Like, it's this grandiose, like, I had everything. And it's, like, and, and somehow everyone's still mad at each other. Like, mm-hmm. I'm mad that I'm a celebrity. You're mad that I'm a dickhead. And we knew all these things going into this. And it's, like. But we still did it. Who's yeah. to blame? And then he says, you know, and it poured every time when it rained. Because yeah. for Kanye, it's amplified. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like Kanye made the dumbest decision. You know what I mean? Like, he said the dumbest shit. And got the most visceral reaction back. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's just like, everything's amplified to an extreme level. And to me, like, the end of that verse always sounded like the most, like, Jesus. Like, I was just, tr- like, you know what I mean? Like, this shit's just not right. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I think that that encapsulates this encapsulates the song perfectly, um, and then uh, I think we can move on to the well the the last official real song on the album uh, officially, which mm-hmm. is Lost in the World, um, which has those fucking oh, awesome drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, and the lyrics are great, and I think he said he wrote them about Kim Kardashian. But it's the sort of the, the wrap up song where. He talks about this woman who's both his greatest love, but then also his greatest weakness or his greatest power, source of power and his greatest weakness. Um, you know, war and peace and stuff, which you could, again, you could also say it's like fame, where it's like it's the thing that gives him the juice and the power, but then also the thing that drains him and kills him. And then right. I think eventually, as we'll talk, we'll talk about in a little bit, sort of just kind of numbs him to a point where he disconnects from everything. Right. Absolutely. And, and even if you look at the... Um like the the end of the where he's just going back and forth you know you're my devil you're my angel you're mm-hmm. my heaven you're my hell he says and if we die in each other's arms still get laid in that afterlife if we die in each other's arms still get laid like to me that's like the most like fuck it like even if you know what i mean like even if we especially again if you look at this in terms of his relationship with fame and celebrity said so like even as poorly as this goes like we still did it like, you know what I mean? Like, I was still famous. Like, people loved me, and they hated me, mm-hmm. and, and and fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, I, and I think you can kind of look at that, right, and look at him now, and, mm-hmm. and find the direct correlation of just, like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm i just going to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it, and, and, and the worst will be the worst, and whenever it happens, it happens, and we'll, we'll just keep going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. But, yeah. like... Also, this is, uh, God, it's, um, 
Who's the guy singing in this? I can't remember his name. Uh, Bonnie Bear. Yeah, it's he is also doing the using my voice as an instrument thing, where he's not like he's singing, but it's more just like crooning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just fits everything with this song perfectly. And then the chance, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the chance mm-hmm. really, yeah, pull it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so that's Lost in the World, and then it wraps up with uh, Who Will Survive in America, which is a it ends up being like a spoken verb or spoken word, um song by i think it's gil scott heron right i think so yeah and then he just talks about you know what it means to make it in america to live in america and to ultimately just kind of what you need to function to survive in america right and how it's not exactly what it seems right like to a certain degree Mm -hmm. and i don't it's not like that but like you know what i mean kind of like you said like what it takes to survive in america it's not just an American dream. You know what I mean? Like, there, you really have to, like, persevere and go through some dog shit, like, to really make it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, how that may or may not just be America's fault kind of sounds like at the end. Right. Um, but yeah. Right, right. Um, and so uh, there is one more song. It's a bonus track. Have you listened to this one? I actually didn't listen to this one until, like, years after. I, I feel like I started to hear it once, and I was like, huh? And then, like, like never listen to it again. Yeah, it's um, it's called "See Me Now," featuring Beyonce and Big Sean, and it's it definitely feels it feels like a part of that this time of him making songs, but then also not quite fitting in. Which is, I mean, it's what a bonus track is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like it. I mean, you know, Big Sean's got a good verse, um, and Beyonce, I think she sounds great, like always. Um, I feel like I remember when it started me thinking like, I know this is a Kanye song, but it mm-hmm. kind of just sounds like a Beyonce song. <laughs> yeah. Like it definitely sounds more like it should be on a Beyonce album than it should that album to me. Um, based on the beginning. I got my suit and tie. But yeah, uh, it, I like it a lot. It, like I said, it sounds more like a good Friday song than it, uh, one of these or in terms of fitting in, it doesn't really, it just kind of like, uh, um, sort of like a, a, a standalone on its own. But I'm sure Big Sean's pissed because he wasn't on the actual album. He has to be relegated <laughs> to the bonus and a bunch of the uh, Good Friday ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really is, actually. Now you mentioned, like, because he's on, like, every Good Friday one, I feel like. And yeah, and he, like, didn't make the, make the cut for the album itself. Yeah. Oof. Um, that, that, that lines up, though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see what, what, um, what does he say? Uh... Uh, the on the and the whips on the spree wheels is so uncamry. Somebody need to put us on camera. Yes, yeah, that's that goes kind of hard. I need to I need to go back and listen to this now that like. But it, like I said, it oh. just doesn't fit, and it, I know it's yeah. a bonus track. But like to me, it's still like I listen to that album to listen to the album, and then I hear that song, and I'm like, but this doesn't sound like it should be on here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's a little bit. I I love this little bit. He talks about. Um, this the Christ year last year was magic 32 lyrically can't none of y'all murder yay cause y'all raps ain't got no vertebrae oh. <laughs> I got style as June if she heard of me I killed the fur last, last Paris raised a murder rate first of all we all know the beats is like a mix between Fergie and Jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's a uh, what is it god uh, Step Brothers no not Step it, it's Blades of Glory isn't it 
No, uh, Fergie and Jesus is when he's he isn't he wearing like the Chewbacca mask and he's like, "You sound amazing. You sound like a mix between Fergie and Jesus." Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm Socrates, but my skin more chocolatey. <laughs> Jesus, that's like that's like right on the line for me of like where Kanye like starts to get cringy, but it like mm. still works. Um, but yeah, I I, I haven't I, I never really think of this song obviously yeah um but when when this album is brought up so like i didn't even listen to this song right, when we were talking it, about it it's like a little addendum it's just like a little like addition yeah. to it i do like this big sean line uh i told my ex i loved her she went and married another and changed her whole name up you a yugoslavi chick <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh-huh. Uh, so that that's it. That's the album. That's uh, what is that? Fourteen tracks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Fourteen tracks. Fourteen tracks. I think it's like an hour and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed the world. I think changed my, my world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's uh, uh, it's funny because, and this is gonna like we'll start kind of wrapping things up. I yeah. Imagine. Um, but like we talked about how. So. I heard this album in high school and like, I feel like naturally you're just going to have an affinity for what you grew up listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember like a few years ago having the thought like, is this album, do I just think this album is good because it's the best thing that I heard at that time? Like clearly I love the album and I did think it was good, but like there was always a part of me that was like, is it really that good though? Yeah. I, I know it is to me. But, like, is it is it actually good? And so, when the best of the decade list came out, mm-hmm. best albums of the decade, mm-hmm. I started seeing it at number one on every fucking list. And I was like, I knew it. I knew I wasn't making this up. Like, this album <laughs> is everything I wanted to be and more. Like, it's perfect. I've been vindicated. I mean, it, it, I, I reviewed the list, and it's number one in the decades of the album, or albums of the decade uh, for the AV Club Billboard, Complex, Genius, The New York Post, Rolling Stone, Slant Magazine. Those are the ones that had it at number one. And it was on countless, you know, two, three. Yeah, it was. I don't think there was a. I don't don't feel like I saw a single list that was out of the top 10 at least. You know what I mean? Like, and the other thing is, too, is like, there's not even recency bias with that because it's like the oldest it can be to be on that list. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's it's literally like 11 months from being the oldest it could possibly be. Like, it could have easily made the cut last decade, the decade before. Um, I think, I literally think the only albums that even came closer, that were closer, maybe were tied with it in terms of most on the top 10 lists or number one on those lists were uh, To Pimp a Butterfly and Beyonce's Lemonade. I think those are the only tunes that even, that even came close to right. being as many on as many lists or being as highly ranked as, as this one. Um, yeah. So I, I sort of feel the same way that you do, where it's like, you know, you know that it's right, but then you know that you're not fucking crazy for saying, no, this is great. This is spectacular. Right. Like, I have forever said, this is the best album ever. Like, to me, there's not an album that's ever been made that's better than this one. And, like, there was a short period of time where I would say that, and I would 100% mean it, and I'd be like, but I'm probably just wilding. Like, yeah, yeah, you just like, kind of look over your shoulder like... Uh, uh. Yeah, like, this is the best album ever made. And I'm, like, gauging everyone's reactions. Like, like yes. everybody going to argue with me on this one? <laughs> yeah, okay, and then, right. like, and then every fucking list came out, and it was number one. And I was like, yes! <laughs> I do think, <sighs> I, I think it's my favorite album of all time as well. Um, 
not far and away, but just like definitely like number one is encrusted in gold and solidified. Right, exactly. Um, and I can't imagine what an album would have to do to knock it off. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even as good as other albums have been, like, as good as Good Kid Mad City was, To Pippa Butterfly, uh, yeah. Beyonce's album, like, I don't know what it would take to really be like, this is not it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's I think so it, good across the board. I think it would have to be like this perfect marriage of the purse of the artist and uh, like when this would happen in his career, right? Like, I think if, he, like, I, I don't know, like, if by some miracle you take hit that album, this album, and you like make him release it in 2006 or 2007 or maybe even later i just don't think it hits the same but i don't want to say that it depends on who he was but i think it, it does because for it's... runaway to hit that way it does you have to know sort of who he was at his peak in terms of like in the zeitgeist i know he's very popular still but i think in terms of the who he was um oh god what is, who he was you have to understand that there there is um i was watching a video about what is it called? It's like this, the peak that an artist can be in um, where they're at their most creative and they have their biggest impact on society. So that's like the Beatles in the 60s, uh, Francis Ford Coppola when he made The Godfather and Godfather 2, Taylor Swift like from like 2011 to like 2015, Beyonce now. But that's not to say that they haven't, that they've declined or they're not uh, influential. Like Taylor Swift still makes albums and they're huge, but she's not at the exact peak that she was. And I think it's the same for him. Where he was at his peak probably from like 2007 to like 2012 in terms of like right. the, like peak of artistry. And I think for this album to hit the way it does, I think he has to have existed at that time. And this album has to have dropped at that time. Um, but I don't think that it's necessary for it to be great. But it, it's like a symbiotic relationship, right? Yeah, so it's like the college dropout could have been made at any time. Late registration could have been made at any time, really. Like if, if you... Think about like his albums and where they f and how they feel. Like I feel like those are as good as those albums are. They're just collections of hits to me. Um, this album, like, like I don't know if he could have. Like I don't know if it's if you're even able to pull this album away from him at his peak, um, like of creative influence because. Like, what makes this album hit the way it does is everything that has ha happened up to this point. So, like, Runaway is as influential as it is. But Kanye would never have made Runaway until he went through all this shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like Kanye had to have the extreme downs after the VMA. Like, Mother Dying, Breaking Up with Amber Rose. You know what I mean? Like, and The Girlfriend before that. Like, it, it's so much, like... 808s and heartbreak is just depression. You know what I mean? Like, like as good as it is, it is just depression. Um, and, yep. and so, like, I don't. You can't put this album in 06 because he just it would have never manifested. You know what I mean? Like, I could argue that fucking tomorrow, Kanye could make Gold Digger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nothing about Gold Digger is is Kanye. You know what I mean? It's just like, nah, I did this song. I'm a good producer. I made, like, a good lyrics, and, and it sounds good. Like, Run Runaway and, and every other song on this album is so much more, like, intertwined with his psyche, yes. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I totally get It's sort of like being at that perfect time. Like, um, I know it's not the same level of, like, emotional impact, but I think there's no other time when... Steven Spielberg could have made Jurassic Park. 
Right. Because he was right there, right when the CGI was perfect for it. And I don't think he catches, you know, himself at that, that sort of age where he can still take risks and stuff. And he wants to do things live. And he's, but he does want, you know, I think if it comes too early, I don't think it looks as good. If it comes too late, then it just becomes sort of what Jurassic World is now, where it's like, oh, dinosaurs, I see that level of special effects on fucking TV every Tuesday, you know? Right. And the thing is, it's like, it, it's, it happened that way because he, he was able to say, like, I think I can pull this off. You know what I mean? Like, so right. if it happens earlier, he doesn't try some of the things he tried here. Because it, there's just no reason for him to think it would work. Right. You know what I mean? And if it happens later, he still might not try it because, like, it's just standard shit that everyone does. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, the only reason this even happened is because it, it the timing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like a lightning this, in a bottle. Right. This would have never even been a thing. It's yeah. not that... Jurassic Park would have just came out later and just been not good. It's like it wouldn't have even been the same. Like right. he wouldn't have made the same decisions and, and just had it not age well. Yep. Yep. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. So, um, just to, to start to wrap it up, um, I guess we've already touched on this, like how we reconcile this with who he is now. I just kind of, to me, there's just separate entities now. Like I think he's just so gone. Where, you know, in early 2016, you go like, oh, he's being so funny. He's seeing weird shit, right? And then yeah. you, now you go, no, he's damaged. He's doing damage to shit, right? And he's running for president and messing with shit. And luckily, he dropped out quickly or he um, conceded or whatever the fuck early. And now he's going to move on to doing whatever, you know, run his cult or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it just, it's. I mean, it sucks because I, like, I literally will never see him. The same. It's a problem this, forever. Well, the same, but then also just like like live in concert. Like I missed out, right? right? Like that's never gonna happen. So like somebody like it's different if you like become a recluse, like Frank Ocean. Like I think he eventually he will go on tour and like he'll do his songs and stuff. But I think him, Kanye West, he, he has changed us who he is as a person. That I don't think he even if he does a concert that he'll do it. You know what I'm saying? The same. Yeah, it's not going to be the same concert. It's no. gonna be weird yeah. gospel shit. And... Weird gospel shit where he like censors himself or something. Right. It's just it's gonna be off the rails, and it's kind of funny because like if I look back at the songs, like the very end of Power, right? Is do he says, "Do you have the power to let power go?" And like I, the answer for Kanye was no. Like yeah. like Kanye is grasping for anything he can. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. like I think it started to slip away and it was like not nah, I, I like like I we talked about how in Blame Game he talks about, you know, like you know, this is my relationship with fame, possibly. You know what right. I mean? Like this it, it fucking sucks, but I love it, blah blah blah. And I think it, it just got the better of him. He's like, I just there are times previously i'm sure where kanye was like i wish i wasn't famous right, right. like I, I wish i was just some regular fucking dude and then i think that time i'm not gonna say started to come because he would always be kanye west but like i think it started to be he started to become more of a regular guy and he was like nah like i i need it i have right. to have it and he's like oh, i'm fucking running for president i'm, I'm fucking uh i'm i'm not taking my med i'm having crazy fucking rants man told jay-z not to send shooters after him which is the most bizarre shit um <laughs> like and was just like I i'm fuck i'm all in on donald trump like and it's just like god damn it man like what the fuck yeah. like just like i said everything from life of pablo back is just good and everything after never happened 
if that had actually happened, it would have been perfect. Like, if he came out Life of Pablo, and it was iffy, and then he just was like, uh, I'm done making music. You know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in the public eye anymore. Paparazzi will still catch me walking around. I'm still going to end up on some random show of keep, or some episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But, like, I'm just chilling. You know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. that would have been the ideal scenario. And it fucking sucks. Because now, like, I... People, I, like, God, not this most recent album, which was ridiculous, but the, uh... The, Yay? Yeah, the one that says, like, I hate being po- being bipolar, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, On the cover. Like, people were like, what did you think of that? And I was like, I won't listen to it. I literally never listened to that album. I did not yeah. listen to it, not once. I, I will say, there is one song on there called Ghost Town that is, like, it, it comes close to, like, like being very very good like after we get off right. your like ignore the rest because i agree i don't listen to that album at all but that one is so fucking good man like ghost town is whips ass right and so like the uh, on top of that like the reason i didn't listen to it is because like i'm willing to separate the artist from their art to a certain degree but like at that time was when he was going the hardest it's like like, when that album came out is when he was really fucking rocking the red hats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I was like, I just won't. Yeah. Like, I won't even stream this shit on Spotify. Uh, it's like, at this point, like you said, it went from like, all right, haha, you're crazy, to like, nah, for real. Can, like, you stop? Because you're, you're being a problem. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're doing damage. You're just... I am now coming to believe that you're a genuine piece of fucking garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, I'm just not going to listen to it. Because here's the deal. Right. Either one of two things was going to happen. It was going to be fucking awful, and I was going to be like, God damn it, I knew I shouldn't have listened to this. Or it was going to be great, and I was going to be like, why the fuck? Why did you have to do this? You know what I mean? Because right. even if it was great, I wasn't going to feel good about it. Right. And no. so, like, the I way I rec- like I said, the way I reconcile now is I draw a line in the sand, and I'm like, everything that happened after that is just fucking dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, he died in a tragic hang gliding accident. Absolutely, that's what happened. Yeah. Ah, oh, boy. All right, well, so we calling it? Yep, yep. All right, well, that's the episode, guys. Uh, I'm sure a handful of people tuned out. Um, <laughs> fucking peaced out about halfway through uh-huh. this. But uh, uh-huh. if you stayed listening to it all, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, uh, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next. Oh, sorry. If you want to see see the podcast directly at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter, you can email us directly differentanimalspodcast at gmail dot com. Um, mm-hmm. What's your social media? Yeah, I'm at evercastro ninety two on Instagram, and I'm at t moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so yeah, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys. Peace.